Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and tonight I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Tired from last night and the shenanigans that we had. Yeah, we'll probably get into some of that a little bit later when we talk about the games we've been playing, but uh, we got a special guest tonight, someone that uh, she's... I don't know, someone I kind of admire occasionally. It really depends on the day. Um, also, my wife, her name is Lauren, and your sister. Yeah, she's all right. Yeah, so Lauren, why don't you uh, say hello to the, the folks here? Hi, guys. I, uh, I get thrown under the bus a lot on this podcast, so it's nice to finally be a <laughs> part of it. <laughs> yeah, and so that's probably going to continue to happen even with you being on air, so just be mindful of that and uh, maybe don't take anything too personally. And at least I'm here, so I can throw you guys under the bus, too. You can try. It'll you can fun. try. Um, so why don't you kind of tell the listeners your first experiences playing video games, and then maybe also your favorite game of all time, just so people kind of have a, an idea of the, the kind of games you like. So a lot of my original game playing um, actually started with watching Ryan here uh, just play through his games. So a lot of it was watching him play through Mario early on, because he's two years older than me, so I was pretty young when I started watching him play. Um, and then I started getting into Mario as well. Um, our grandma actually always had an N64 at her place, so we would play the old-style Mario games. And that was just a lot of fun when we wanted to stay indoors and uh, play with grandma, and it's one of my fondest memories of that. Um, my favorite game of all time is Super Mario Sunshine, though. Yes. It's just adorable, and the music is phenomenal. There's so many mini-games. Um, it's one that I can go back through I mean, really every year and never get bored of. Mm-hmm. It's always a new challenge. I'm always finding different little shines. And yeah, I've never <laughs> found all of the shines, but I know Ryan, I think, has, except for one maybe. Uh, yeah, there was just one that I didn't get. It was because of a freaking blue coin that I couldn't find in one of the hard worlds. So it's rough. Yeah. So basically, if you haven't played Super Mario Sunshine, the premise of this game is Mario, Peach, and there's the other little guy who goes with them. Flood? Are you talking about the backpack? No, the little, like, mushroom guy. Toad, come on now. Toad, okay, Toad (laughs) goes with them, and they go to this little island, and when they're on the... Delfino Plaza. Yes. Isle Delfino, whatever it is, yeah. Yes, and so when they are on the plane going there, they watch this little introduction video, and they see this little, almost Mario in the background, but he's a shadow Mario, and this whole story starts to unfold, and basically Mario is framed for a crime, and so you're basically playing through, and trying to right all of the wrongs and figure out what happened. But mm-hmm. phenomenal game, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit a little bit about me. Yeah, no, I think so the N- or the the Nintendo GameCube for you and maybe even Ryan is like kind of like what the N64 was for me. You guys mm-hmm. played it, but I think you guys really had a lot more playtime and experience playing the GameCube whereas for me it was always like getting the N64 growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a very late GameCube owner, but wow. I mean, Ryan and I we talked about it and we're going to be doing an episode about it later on. That's actually the the last topic we wanted to talk about with Pete um, last episode, which I might even want to backtrack here. So episode nine, if you haven't listened to it yet, had a lot of fun. We uh, had Pete Dore, YouTube legend on the show and uh, current Twitch streamer. We had a lot of fun with him and it's been really great getting the feedback that we have. I had a lot of old school YouTube people like Tim, aka Jumble Junkie, Comeback Kid, 
um, reaching out to me. Um, just They really enjoyed the show, and it had an old-school, all-gen gamers vibe. So I certainly very much appreciate the feedback there, and hopefully you got some new listeners that will, will you know stay on board for a while now. But back to you, Lauren. So favorite game, Super Mario Sunshine. What kind of other games would you say you enjoy as far as like genres, whether it be platformers like Mario, shooters, RPGs? What kind of stuff do you like usually? So in college, I played a lot of first-person shooters. I played a lot of um, COD, and I had a little team that we would play pretty much every night after class. Uh, Halo, Ryan and I have gone through those on Legendary. Uh, That's a lot of fun. But my go-to now is... Uh, games like Harvest Moon Mm -hmm. and ones that I can make little farms and have a little life because it's nice after work just to have a stress-free game. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been jumping around a lot with games recently. Like I started, um, what was it? Harry Potter, Lego, Adventure. You played Shantae, Half Genie Hero, whatever, on the PS4 for a while. I think I would have loved that when I was like 14, Mm -hmm. but now it gets a little bit, a little old real quick. But I can play a game for like two hours now and then I get bored. So I'm trying to find one now that I just like <laughs> fall in amateur. love with. <laughs> well, yeah. Some of them are a little too intense for me. Like Bloodborne, I don't know if I could do. No, I just don't think that's your type of game. Yeah, I love games that I can... Have fun. Just, yeah. <laughs> first, to yell at. yeah. First person shooters. Because I think I would rage quit too many times with a game like Bloodborne. You or, see the stress that Ryan yeah. and I go through. We've already got whites, gray hairs everywhere. Like... It's pretty bad. So that's, you vi- that's you live vicariously for. through us when it comes yeah. to from software games. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. I love watching you guys play, but it stresses me out if I play. <laughs> so I just kind of sit back and play Pokemon or yeah, I play Animal like Crossing, Mudkip or something, yeah. Splash, mm-hmm. um, and watch you guys actually play the really difficult games. But yeah. I just like to explore and adventure. Okay, very cool. Any uh, games you're looking forward to in the future playing, or like what do you kind of? I guess we'll get into games we're playing right now, but. Um, I don't know, anything on the horizon that you want to play? So I have never finished Kingdom Hearts. And oh. so I know that's your yeah. favorite game of all time. So I had you started on the PS3 when we were dating yeah. back in the day. And you back got to Tarzan World. Like, yeah, the third world or something. And then you yeah. stopped. I think I would like the second one a lot better just because of the different worlds. And I so think that I think was the roughest passion on relationship was when you told me that you stopped playing Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, it was Kingdom brutal. Yeah, yeah we, we had to reconsider things for a yeah. month or two. But then, I mean, you forgave me, which is yeah. nice. No, I think... <laughs> I appreciate it. Now we're married. I still hold so the that grudge. <laughs> I just, yeah. That um, ended well. No, I think Kingdom Hearts 2 would be much more accessible for you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The combat's not as archaic, and certainly the controls aren't as floaty when you're jumping around. It's much more refined. And I, I think it's it's almost pivotal that you play that, certainly before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Just Absolutely. to kind of, yeah. Yeah, and I just love the grind. I've been going through Zelda. Like, when we went to Colorado. Oh, yeah, you were playing I, Ocarina of Time. Playing, yeah, so... That was really nice. What did you think of Ocarina of Time? I'm too early on to really have a definitive answer for that, um, but I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Join the dark side and I hate know, it there's, with me. There's, oh, there's two, two sides that are very strong here, so I'm not going to pick a side just yet. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I have one more question for you. This is really kind of um, going to define our relationship moving forward, so I need to make sure that your answer is worthy of... Yeah, if you have the wrong answer, we'll probably stop recording here and you'll have to leave the apartment. Yeah. Oh, so just, yeah. just we, we should probably just call it quits now. <laughs> we had a good almost year run of a yeah. marriage. So. Um, what's your favorite childhood cereal? Cereal? What? <laughs> Gosh. Uh, probably Reese Puffs. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, we were actually looking for General Mills Sprinkle Spangles. 
Uh, um, yeah, that's everyone's favorite sweetened corn puffs with sprinkles. That's actually the answer we were going sprinkles for. Sprinkles are all you. I'm more of a chocolate girl. So yeah. I have my emergency chocolate. We're good to go. Anything chocolate and peanut butter. But I appreciate your sprinkles. <laughs> sprinkles, sprinkles. We have emergency sprinkles for you here. So. Yeah. Well, better luck next time on Rusty's Trivia. Well, um, it's been nice knowing you. Yeah, so. yeah. No, we got a fun agenda planned tonight. Uh, hopefully you got a nice little introduction to who Lauren is as a person. She's all right, as we said. Like some... Super Mario Sunshine. So we are going to do what we usually do, talk about the games we've been playing recently. We got a great question from a good friend uh, from the YouTube days. He wrote in the the 11th hour. I think we got it like Friday night or Saturday. And uh, so that'll be fun to ask or talk through. And then the main topic of the show, top five Disney movies, top five Pixar. We're going to kind of talk all things related to Disney. So some of the the newer live a- live action adaptations, our kind of thoughts on those, and even kind of what we prefer the the, the old school hand drawn animation of like Snow White and Bambi versus some of the newer CGI related stuff like Frozen and Tangled. So should be fun. But let's kick it off with the games we've been playing recently. Lauren, do you wanna do you wanna start for us as the honorary <laughs> guest tonight? Yeah. I can uh, definitely do that. So you make fun of a lot of games I've been playing recently. But yes. I'm like in desperate need of a dog right now because oh no one I know right now really has a dog. And so I've been going back through all my childhood games that involve dogs. So Rusty recently bought me a copy of Dogs. I did. So I Labs have, and Friends. You got you to gotta specify. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's great. So I have a little Shiba Inu named... Uh, mocha yeah and so last night i taught her how to sit (laughs) i took her on lots of walks so it's one of those mindless games but i just it's a great idea for parents who don't want to get their children dogs because they're like oh we don't need an actual puppy just play nintendo dogs and they can take care of it and love it Um, another one that i picked up again last night and completely forgot about from my childhood (laughs) was 102 dalmatians and it is dog game. the cutest. I'm telling you, I need a dog. Unfortunately, our apartment doesn't allow them, but yeah. someday. Someday. Yeah. And so That's it is. my dad should have a dog. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We've debated getting my dad a dog. So, uh, yeah. Multiple times room. Friday and for the last year. Pretty much every day. I got him a dog collar for Christmas <laughs> as, like a, yeah. as a hint, and he. He did not like that. I was like, I'm sick of being uh, subtle, so here's a dog collar. You yeah. should uh, get on that. Yeah, you guys don't beat around the bush. You guys are pretty forward with each other. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, so 102 Dalmatians, <laughs> it was on the so Game Boy cute. Color, yes. a little platform where you play as either, I don't even know, Spot and like uh, Oddball or something like that. Yeah. It's a little yeah, white puppy. a little white one, and basically you find... Domino. A... Domino is the one that has Domino. the spots. Yeah. yeah. So you find a key in each level, and then you basically run around and avoid robot dogs and Corella which you can bark at them to stun them. Of course you can. And then, of course. And then you find all of the little Dalmatians, and they're all in cages, which is terrible. And so you have to free them with your little key. But it's a super cute little game. Or also there's a CGI cutscene where Corella's just, like, shaving the puppies. Okay, like- <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's just brutal. And her sewing their pelts together. Yeah, it's pretty pretty bad. Rated Game over. Rated A for adults only. Um, <laughs> so this got really brutal really quick, but I don't think... You said that you didn't like that game, didn't you? It was okay. I mean, okay. it's it's your. I mean, I think what I didn't like most was Ryan and I were like listening to the music when we kicked up the game or started it on the Game Boy Color, and it's like some of the most ear wrenching, like eight bit tunes I've ever heard. Well, you were also kind of like game ADD when you're doing that. Yeah, we didn't. You know opted it. through like six Game Boy games before you decided on whatever you decided on. Yeah, I can't even. I, I think I was. I just went back to Super Mario World. That's my mainstay for me on the GBA, the the Super Nintendo port. 
Um, but what happened, Lauren, you, you kind of showcased this to me. And I just rolled my eyes because I thought it was funny and cute. But what happened <laughs> when you paused the game? Okay, okay, it's so cute. Instead of paused, saying like, or P-A-U-S-E-D. being spelled. Yeah, it's paw as in a dog paw, like P-A-W-S-E-D. And is that not the cutest thing? Is it really? It yeah. is. And that that's just adorable. made my day. Yeah. What it's, the heck is wrong with you? I, Do you not think that's adorable? I just had to give her crap. She's my wife. Yeah, well, it, I didn't never it's, realize that. It's easy. Yeah, I didn't either. It's really easy to give me a hard time, but I'll give it back. But it's so, <laughs> it's so cute. And yeah. I didn't realize that until last night. But you also, that dog's name definitely is Domino. Because when you reach a new level, it will give you a code, and they're dominoes most of the time. Oh, like so, no, like like numbers or what? Like the little domino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's like a, a three symbol code to kind of reference in the game. The yeah, I never realized to that progress either. the next level type of thing. Yeah. So if you quit the game because it's Game Boy it doesn't have like a sequence or like a save thing. Um, you can enter this code and you have like a paw print, you have a domino, and there's one other symbol. I think it's a dog dish. Okay. So you filter through this three symbol code and it's like say domino, paw, dog dish, and it'll get you to like the last stage or somewhere in the sequence of okay, stages. Okay, cool. For Very either cool. the white dog or domino. Yeah. And so there's one other game. I don't know if you had in your notes or not. Did you? The one that you gave me? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, there's a series yeah. of games that I really wanted you to get into because... You kind of like puzzles, mm-hmm. and you really love Sudoku and things like that. So I thought a game that would be right up your alley was the Professor Layton games. Because for me, you know, I would say about two years ago, I purged like 60% of my Nintendo DS collection. So I have the Dragon Quest games, Chrono Trigger, mm-hmm. all my Pokemon games, and the Professor Layton games. Because to me, those are kind of like some of the definitive games from the system. But So I started you with Unwound Future, which is actually chronologically the third game. But it's the first one I played in my favorite. So what do you think about it? I love it so far. To be honest, I spent like three and a half hours on it on (laughs) Thursday just in one sitting. Because I love puzzles and I don't want to use the hints. And so... The hint coins? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I I just don't want to use them. Like, I'm too old to be using hint coins on these. But some (laughs) of them are... Oh, no. You really have to think about it and mess around with it for a while. But I love that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to play Sudoku right before bed and... It would just like get my mind off of real life for long enough so I could fall asleep. So I just love any kind of puzzles. So it's a great game. I haven't finished it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can probably tell, I've been pretty ADD about gaming. Yeah. Uh, I switch around a lot when I, yeah. No, it's fun. I but think if you stick with it, you're I really going to enjoy it. it. I yeah. Mean, it's, it's a really cute game. I love all the cutscenes too. They're beautiful. I mean, they really are. I mean, the way that they put together, it's almost like you're watching a movie on your DS. Yeah. Uh, and the characters are very likable. The music is really pretty amazing mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm glad you're liking it yeah good recommendation i appreciate it mm-hmm. yeah so is that all this week yeah all right so ryan <laughs> 20. what have you been playing this week man so i've still been playing that uh crush em all game it's like an rpg tap game um minimal amount of time on that game so that's nice just kind of check in every once in a while um the other game i've been playing i spent maybe five or so hours on um i got a a Game Boy SP this mm-hmm. week. I've always wanted one, so I found a store, or the store that Rusty referenced last time, and um, a little local kind of spinoff of GameStop. Really yep. old games, really inexpensive. Um, and I got an SP, and then I got my uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King for Game Boy Advance game, and I yeah, was playing did. through um, the Mines of Moria, and kind of just lots of nostalgia there. 
And then uh, last night we played Fibbage again. That was, is, it's so much fun. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's such a great party game when you get a bunch of people together. So um, if you do have like a lot of friends over, you know, on the, on the weekends or whatever, or even just like family get togethers, it's so simple. I mean, as long as you have a smartphone, you can easily just plug in remotely to the game. There'll get, like be a code on the front screen uh, once you boot it up. And then the rest is just ridiculous. Yeah. So I don't know the max number of players, but the game itself, Fibbage, is like $3 on PSN. Yeah, so, it's so worth it. Yeah. Cool. Is that it? Yeah, that's all I've been playing. Yeah, so for me, kind of similar to last week, I've kind of just been like in an old school PS2, PS1 kind of kick. And so, you know, Pete recommended um, Dark Cloud on the PS2. It's kind of a roguelike RPG type of game. And so I went on PSN and like just kind of a perfect public service announcement um, the PS2 classics, there's a whole slew of that you can get on the PS4. They're kind of like all ridiculously slashed in price right now. Like you can get Twisted Metal Black for like a buck fifty, like really crazy stuff. Um, and so Dark Cloud, I think, was four dollars and fifty cents. You never played Twisted Metal? No, no. Okay. Is that an anime? No. So Twisted Metal is like um, vehicular combat type game. So you have like you're like pitted in an arena. Start on the okay. PS1. There's like four of them, and then Twisted Metal Black was kind of the resurgence on the PS2. Okay. And then PS3 had like, I think it was just called Twisted Metal, but I don't think it did very well. But uh-huh. anyways, so yeah, you're like in these these cars and each car is like, has its own unique abilities um, for combat. Similar to Mario Kart, you like run over like power-ups and stuff and just like shoot cars. And, Do they have shells or? Uh, shells, like what do you mean? Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There's no, the blue shell does not make an appearance, thankfully. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just a fun game. And um I didn't download that. I did download a couple other games. So Dark Cloud included. I hadn't had a chance to play it yet because I know that's going to be a pretty significant time sink. And I just, um, there's a bug flying around. Bugs. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so I downloaded <laughs> I downloaded Destroy All Humans. I downloaded um, Dark Cloud, Hot Shots Tennis, and then I downloaded Ape Escape 2. Ape Escape 2 is like, one of my favorite games back in the day. Are you guys typing over there, talking to each other? No. Uh, we're both, we have our spreadsheets on our work computers. Yeah. And uh, Lauren just got an IM from our dad who's on his work computer at home. Oh, what did he say? And he said, hey, what you doing? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Because you guys all work at the same place, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but gosh, I'm going to finish this, you know, PS2 talk eventually. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so I spent the bulk of my time playing two of those games. Hot Shots Tennis, huge, huge Hot Shots golf fan. You know, I played three and four on the PS2, um, Open Sea on the PSP, World Invitational on Vita, and then the most recent Everybody's Golf on PS4. Huge fan of the series. I feel like they have so much personality with their u- unique, like, anime-inspired characters, and just the three-button-click system for golf is so much fun. Um you guys just sitting there chatting with dad? <laughs> no, no I'm totally listening. Okay. Is Hot Shots Golf the one that your dad loves? Yeah, so my dad back in the day um, stole my PSP all the time, Yeah. you know, to play this game. And eventually I was just like, dad, just let's go to GameStop and let's buy a PSP because I can't take this anymore. Right. And then him and I played ad hoc multiplayer all the time. Yeah. And then for Christmas this year, I bought him a PS2 Slim um, and I got him Hot Shots Golf 3 and 4. And so it's fun because he'll call me some days after work and just be like, Won another tournament, you know, I've been playing, you know, Hot Shots, so that's always fun. But um, Hot Shots Tennis is nothing like golf. It's really devoid of any personality at all. Yeah, the sports are very different as well. They in are. In real life. But <laughs> I, I, love, I love tennis games. So tennis, like virtual tennis, 
um, was actually the first game I bought on my PSP, okay? Because I could only afford one. I, I traded my DS back in the day in all of my games, and because the, the, the PSP was 250 bucks back then. So I got that at GameStop, and then I had a gift card to Walmart, and I used that to get virtual tennis. But Hot Shots Tennis is just, like, super slow. There's literally no music playing during matches. The tennis um, courts themselves just are very bland. Um, so I was I was really upset because in Hot Shots Golf, whenever you hit, like, a good shot, like, with great impact, a little music note, like, pops over your head. And that's really the only comparison that here to um, golf, you know, each time you hit a nice serve or whatever, you get like a little music note. Um, The characters look very much the same. It's, you know, you play characters um, in match play and you unlock them and stuff like that, which is nice. But um, again, with no music, I mean, the music in Hot Shots Golf is so peaceful. It really is what kind of makes the game as fun as it is. Um, So I'm just disappointed in it. It's not what I expected it to be. I'm kind of wondering if the PSP version is any different. I I doubt that it is. Um, But the PS2 game, I mean, I paid $3 for it, so I'm not upset. It's definitely a fun game for me to just veg out to and and mindlessly play, but um, not one that I'm I'm, I'm very happy about. The other game that uh, I downloaded, of course, was a game that I loved growing up, so definitely not disappointed there, is Ape Escape 2. So this game... Um, the series started on the PS1, and then I think there was Ape Escape 2 and 3 on the PS2, and then, like, some weirdo collection of minigames. They had a, a game like that, too. Um, but basically, it's a 3D platform where you play as this, like, young boy named Hikaru, and you begin the game in this laboratory, which kind of acts as, like, the central hub area for the game, and then you eventually warp to different worlds, and the main premise of it is you have, like, a net to, to capture monkeys that are running around, and it's funny because they're, they're kind of just like casually walking around. But then when they see you, they have like these little lights above their head that when they get alerted, they're just like, Wah! and they like start running around like crazy. <laughs> so it kind of makes it difficult because you don't just press like the square button to capture that. What's going on over there? No, I'm just moving the mic to have okay. a comment because I've been listening or watching you play this game all week. Yeah. And it's so funny because you'll like talk out loud when you capture one. Yeah. And you'll laugh at each and every one of their names because their names are super cute. Oh, yeah. They're they're really unique. Yeah. I mean, and it's cool because each of the levels, like similar to Mario, they're all um, kind of styled differently. Um, like, I mean, you're not going to like a snow level or anything like that, but you're just going to like different warehouse type places. Um, you, you go to like a casino and things like that. And, um, yeah, their names are just kind of tailored to either what they're wearing or where you capture them. Mm-hmm. So it's really pretty neat. Um, it's, and it's different because you don't just press the square button to swing your net. You also have, like, a little bat to, like, stun them because um, if you're, like, <laughs> running around. Um, but you actually use the right analog stick to swing it. And so if you swing it straight, you, you know, it's, it's almost like weird how you actually use the motion like of, a wii mote yeah thing almost. It, it's almost like a predecessor to that so that's that's kind of cool um but what's probably the most addictive feature of this game is that you you collect coins in each of the levels and once you like kind of return to the hub world um there's this thing called a gashapon which is like a japanese um what is it like a machine that has like little capsules and so you, you put the coins into this machine and you unlock like little capsules that are basically either music clips from the game. You have um, like concept art. You can unlock th- one of three different mini games. So there's like a monkey soccer and a golf. And so there's like really like almost like four games in one here. Um, but I don't know. I, I think collecting coins and just like going to the capsule and just not knowing what you're going to get. 
It's like just, a casino kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's just kind of fun, kind of addictive. Um, speaking of addictions, Pete, if you're listening, I did download Tereba, which for those that haven't listened to Nine or don't know what it is, is basically this app that you can download on your tablet or phone, and you remotely control Japanese crane games, and it's... I'm so like I feel so bad because Pete was talking about how there's Reddit like forums for people like that are trying to quit because they're so addicted. I use my five free tokens and I got the heck out of there because I tried to get like a Charmander plush and I didn't even move him, you know, because you have one shot to like move the the crane right and then up based on the the location of the plush in the machine, and then it automatically just drops down and catches it. And and your view, your angle isn't really great, so you can't actually see very well where it is so you kind of have to make a judgment call but wow yeah you could easily pump like hundreds of dollars in this just to get one figurine and sometimes you don't even win like when i booted up the first time i created an account and i had five free tokens but i didn't win anything Uh, but it's neat in the sense that like if you do win anything it's free shipping so they'll they'll ship it to you free of charge but um it's dangerous territory you can download it on uh this the app store though we're not promoting addictions here, but yeah. It is fun. It is um, fun. No, you did try it. No, I, I tried it, and then I quickly deleted it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to keep it on my phone. <laughs> um, Lauren's. By the way, we need to make a budget soon. <laughs> <laughs> because I listen to these episodes, and every time it's like, well, I really hope Lauren's not listening, but I bought 16 new games, but it's okay. They're only like $4, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> you're like gosh. just doing the math you're like oh gosh okay yeah uh we, we work decent jobs it's fine no yeah it's fine we're just in moderation yeah. so <laughs> just we don't we don't need the crane game in our lives <laughs> no, we don't yeah so that's really all i've been playing um i was you know popped in a few other games i got the n64 hooked up and was playing some diddy kong racing rogue squadron things like that but um yeah mostly just playing ape escape 2 and hot shots tennis this week um we can kind of transition into questions though so my friend Alec or Alexander also a very big fan of Kingdom Hearts and I actually did a podcast episode with him I was a guest on Hey Listen uh the main hosts on there were were Zach ZRPG and um uh, Cole Annoying Navi from way back in the day of the Pete's Game Rooms forum um and we talked about Tales of Asperia for like three hours um, that was a lot of fun. Alec, really missed talking to you, man. But he writes in and he says, Hello, Rusty and Ryan. Didn't know Lauren was going to be on the hot podcast, so he left you out. He probably says hi to her as well. Yeah. Oh, hi. He says, <laughs> Chrono Link 9 here, a.k.a. Alec. And I was pleasantly surprised to hear that there was another Alec to send you questions. He said, Technically, my name is Alexander, but there's a, that's a different story. He said, I finished the episode with Pete recently, and it was incredible. I downloaded Tereba and, I, and found it about as addicting as Pete described. So I'll probably have to get rid of it. <laughs> that Smart choice. It is. It is. He says that and realizing that in order to be efficient, it would be quite the time sink. But glad you got him on. Glad you got, got him on. He's long been one of my favorite people on YouTube. Very personable, easy to talk to, and genuine. 100% agree, Alec. He goes on. He says, anyway, as much as I'd like to correct Ryan on how good a movie The Goonies is and how great Batman is, I'd like to ask a question instead. <laughs> <laughs> So that would be an interesting conversation. Yeah, we'll have to get you on the show, Alec, and you yeah, can just—I can argue with you too. We can just <laughs> rip Ryan a new one. Okay, he goes on. He says, "What are some games that lots of other people are way into that you will either outright hate or at least just don't get? 
Easy first answer for me is League of Legends. I've only ever played one MOBA, Heroes of the Storm, and the genre is just not for me. I lost friends in college to League, and the community, learning curve, and everything just does not interest me. It has great character designs and inspired really good cosplay, but meh. Another one for me is PUBG and other Battle Royale games. I've played Fortnite, and it's just a, it's just a fun, casual diversion, but not something I uh, play very often nor binge for 10 hours. PUBG is a broken, buggy mess that just doesn't look fun, so I definitely do not get it. He said, I had another question about game soundtracks, but that could be a good episode topic in and of itself. I totally agree, Alec. Um, I have more experience playing you know, JRPGs than Ryan, but even just like Pokemon and tons of other... Zelda, Breath of the Wild. I mean, you've played some Zelda games, and... We could yeah, honestly, we were going through songs last night, or Ben and yeah. you. Yeah, that was fun. We were kind of just like, um, I'd play a song, he'd play a song, some of our favorite video game soundtracks. But um, we will definitely do a dedicated uh, show topic to that at some point. But he says, thanks for the awesome job, guys. Keep up the good work. Here's to many more podcasts in the future. So thanks, Alec, for the question. So he starts off, he's asking, games that you just don't get or outright hate. So you guys want me to go first, or what do you guys want to do? Why don't you take it away? Yeah. All right, so I'm pretty open to most games, um, most genres. Mm-hmm. I've played anything from Sims to Halo, uh, Sudoku, sports games. I'm I really love Wii tennis, bowling, all of that. Um, but I'm a very squeamish person, um, so like the boxing games, I'm just not into that at all. And then another really gruesome game is Mortal Kombat. So I've never been a fan. I lived in a learning community for a couple of years in college. And everyone would just have tournaments. They just loved it. And I never got it. I mean, I've watched some of the deaths, and, like, I almost want to get sick every time. Mortal Kombat! Yeah. Are you getting... That's Street Fighter. Balls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I... Same concept. It is. I mean, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter were the juggernaut fighting games back in the day. Yeah, even this morning, I watched some of, like, the gruesome deaths on YouTube, and I had to turn it off after, like, one, because... Wait, why were you watching gruesome deaths on YouTube? Well, no, no, I was (laughs) looking up which... (laughs) (laughs) I haven't watched one in, like, on this uh, Mortal Kombat in, like, a year or two, and that's intentional because I'll, like, get sick. And so I was like... Just so I remember how much I don't like this game, let me just refresh myself. And yeah, still don't like it. Some people love it, but I'm more of like a brawl person that we can mm-hmm. go and have tournaments. But I mean, you're like Kirby and you fall off Skulls the are getting crushed and you're yeah, going you to see people's off intestines. Someone's, yeah, face. And yeah, so that's one I just don't get, but I'm also squeamish. So I think it's just meant for a different audience. Just Which is weird me. to me, though, because... Call of Duty can be pretty graphic as well. I mean, those games are rated M. World yeah. at War especially, I remember there being some, like, very graphic scenes in that, yeah. those games. and I don't mind, like, shoot 'em up kind of games, but this is, like, let's saw their face off in slow motion. Yeah, like, I mean, it's definitely, they take it to a, new, a whole yeah, level. Yeah, it's just the slow motion of, of, like, let's have a scene that almost plays out like a movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm fine with headshots and all of that. Really don't care, but... Yeah, this game in particular, I'm just not a huge fan of. That's fair. But most no, others, I, I understand it. why people like the other ones. Boxing games, I'm just not a fan of boxing. So, again, it comes from being super squeamish. No, that's a good choice. Okay, so I'll go ahead and kick off the question as well. And uh, for me, it's it goes back to a series that I really haven't liked in a long time. And so I first played Grand Theft Auto 3 at a very young age, and probably younger than I should have, but I was raised by good parents, so it's fine. And... My favorite Grand Theft Auto is most certainly Vice City. I, that game is just 
got 80s written all over it. The music's phenomenal. Uh, the, the lead character is great. The, the vehicles were just amazing. The radio stations. Everything about that game I loved and adored. When Grand Theft Auto 4 came out, it was like a revolution. I didn't have a 360 at the time, but I remember going over to my buddy's house and watching him play it. And we weren't playing through the story. We were just running around town causing chaos, um, which is what Grand Theft Auto you know, is so fun. Um, back in the day, I enjoyed doing that as a kid. But see, I follow the speed limits. I'm no. very nice. No. I tried to start an Uber, but no one wanted to pay me. <laughs> you and... stop at red lights, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, no, I'm definitely not one of those kind of people. But um, no, when I uh, got a 360 and I played through Grand Theft Auto 4 on my own, I thought Nico Bellic as the the lead protagonist was one of the most uninteresting characters um, in any action game that I've had played at the time. I mean, just I just really did not take any liking to the story at all. And the reception to that game is, is really pretty um, amazing. The fact that it got like tens across the board, it's on so many like lists of, of best games of all time, certainly best games that generation. And, and I just never got that from it. I haven't, I haven't played Grand Theft Auto five because um, I don't know. I've just lost interest in the series. Um, I'd like to download the PS2 classics for, for vice city and three, because um, those just hold like a lot of, um, nostalgic memories for me playing those back in the day. But Grand Theft Auto 4 is a big one for me. I actually do enjoy playing sports games every now and again. Um, Madden, FIFA, um, and MLB The Show are kind of my mainstays when it comes to sports. But And I get that. I get the love of sports games. What I don't understand is that people are willing to pay $60 every year when really the only thing that might change is the roster. Um, I feel like it's really baffling to me that they haven't just each year you pay $15 to have the roster updated as opposed to forking over 60 because it's amazing that you go to a GameStop and the value of those games and how quickly they're depleted because who wants Madden 16 when we're in the year 2018 like but the day before Madden 18 comes out 17 is still going for like $45 but the day after that it's like going for pennies um so that's something that I've just never under, understood is just I guess someone could say the same thing for me like about Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, like what is that? I bought Kingdom Hearts like seven times because I bought on the PS2, the PS3 remaster, the PS4 remaster. So, you know, I guess to each their own. But sports games are another one that I just, um, yeah, I just don't understand the mentality of buying those games every year. Um, and then, like Alec, I would also say the League of Legends games or those those style of, like the MOBA. Um, I don't know. It just was way too complicated for me to ever get into the learning curve, like Alec was saying. Um, and I just, I just don't feel like the community would be very welcoming. I feel like it'd be, um, very much so you're like a veteran seasoned player. And if you're not, then get out. Um, and then as well, the battle Royale genre, that's really just getting ridiculous at this point. I feel like the battle Royale genre is what last, um, generation was for like just generic first person and third person shooters. They were just coming out the wazoo. And now it's, um, because I would say the PS2 GameCube era was like platformers, which, I'm hoping that maybe the PS5 era, we return to that <laughs> because I want more 3D platformers as I have talked about endlessly on this podcast. Um, but yeah, the Battle Royale genre. Ryan, I'd like to play like Fortnite like at some point with you just to see. Yeah, I have it downloaded. I just, yeah, we yeah. have to figure out a time. Yeah, because I haven't played it and I want to. I want to at least give it a shot, but um, it's not something that I'm like, I need to get home from work and play my Fortnite. See, like, I'm more in it for the dancing and yeah. just jerking around. And I think that would be fun, you know, just the the humor aspect of it as opposed to like I, i've just never been a big shooter fan except for like tactical stuff like rainbow six and ghost recon so um yeah i don't know 
Yeah. Not not a big fan. What about you, Ryan? What, what kind of games are you? So I have a decent list. Um, I would have to agree League of Legends. My roommate, Rick, in college, he was big into that with his friends, and he tried endlessly for about a year to get me to pl- try to play that. Um, yeah, he spent a lot of hours on that. I never found the intrigue of it, um, similar to, I guess, you guys. Um, shooters as well. Um they're fun, but the amount of hours that people put in online for just doing matches, um, it, it's so repetitive. Like, even Battlefront 2 online, that they change it more to, um, like, a COD style almost, but with Jedi. I would like to... Really I was going to say, I would like to get that eventually when it drops. You can borrow my game. But I want to play with you, is what I'm saying. Like... Friends are overrated. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, that would be fun, because, I mean, I feel like now it's at a point where it's... I don't know. You can probably get it for thirty bucks. Um, yeah, like you I, can, I think it's like twenty or so. Like I'd be willing to pay sixty to get like all as all the content that's come out at this point, um, which probably isn't much. But um, I don't know. I mean, certainly Battlefront Two on the PS Two is my the game I'd, I'd like to go to more often. But I think it'd be fun to pop in online for like a week. You and I just playing back and forth. Yeah, I'd be game to get yeah. back into it. Um, they're also adding like General Grievous, General Kenobi, Anakin stuff. So they're adding some more things. That'd be fun. Um, I never understood dating sim- simulators. Yeah. Um, or the intrigue of those. Um, what is it? Doki Doki Literature Club. I would like to play through. I remember you. Yeah, that game. <laughs> was it the game Grumps that they were commentating over? Yeah, yeah that was no, fun. that one is like it's not a normal dating simulator. Mm-hmm. So that like I've watched through it, but it's it's really interesting or an interesting horror take on it yeah um, now what do you feel how do you feel about like all the other similar because that was another genre that like the past three years has gone nuts they have like goat. farming simulator the like, goat simulator truck simulator um they have like a mechanic simulator where you actually just like repair cars um in like a garage yeah i don't know i i'd rather do it in yeah the real world yeah. like if i wanted to pick up a hobby or a new skill i'd do it in rl yeah, I think where I kind of draw the line is like Harvest Moon, uh, Stardew Valley, The Sims. Like I'll play those types of games. Those are fun every now and again. Roller Coaster Tycoon. Um, I think Doom would be a good simulator. Yeah, you just know, simulating like, just hell. Just no, like, no, no, like well, yeah, and then like monsters because it's hard to simulate in real life. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, fear games like there's fear, um, like VR jump games, and then like Amnesia. I don't want to be terrified, like, while I'm playing games. I think we should. what we should do in October is simultaneously play through a horror game, whether that's Resident Evil 4. I mean, Resident Evil 4 would be very bottom of the barrel for you as far as, like, how scary it is. At least I think so. I don't think it's overly terrifying. Certainly, not, maybe I'm wrong. People are probably, like, listening to the podcast, like, Russ, are you kidding me? Some of the stuff that you see, the guy with the chainsaw running at you. Um... But or we could always just play th- Resident Evil Five. It's not the best, but we could play through that co-op. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they remastered it for PS4. Well, there was one game where you just continuously walked through a hallway, and it was like, it was I don't know, super HD. Yeah. Um, and it, they just continuously added something, but that one was terrifying. I don't know. I I like horror movies, but physically playing through it would make it more real than. Pete's actually the same way. Yeah. Pete is like, has watched more horror movies than like all of my family combined. I mean, he's like back in the day with his grandparents watched like 
old school horror flicks all the time but he's the same way where it comes to games he's getting better and certainly in october he'll stream mm-hmm. uh, like silent hill and stuff but um but yeah he's the same and it, again i miss your preference i guess but yeah i've watched markiplier do um like vr headset with headphones on and that'd be terrifying where you're in the game see i would point. love that because i love just scaring the crap out of myself like i watched pet cemetery when i was like six years old and i just it scarred me for life and, and I've loved it ever since. <laughs> yeah. No, but like my mom got me watching horror movies like when I was stupidly young. And so like I had nightmares about it for like freaking forever and clowns reoccurring nightmares. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'd end as like an empty husk of a human by the end of one of those games. So. We'll do it. Yeah. And then sports games. I never got the intrigue. Like I enjoy doing sports and like, activities um but playing like like if it comes to like mario tennis mario golf those are fun but like maddens fifas and those i never got the intrigue i gotta um we gotta play there's a few games on the n64 so there's wayne gretzky's 3d hockey which is like you basically can score a goal from anywhere on the ice it's amazing Uh, matt would probably have a lot of fun with that too yeah um nfl blitz nba jam um, there's a game on the N64 called NBA Showtime. It's like an NBC4 signature game or whatever. It's very similar to NBA Jam. I think you'd like. Because mm-hmm. um, I think when Dad got me a GameCube game, it was like a Madden game yeah. back in the day. And I was playing it with Dad, and he crushed me. Yeah. And that's not the reason I hate games, but those games... But I don't know. I never like no. picking a play, running a play. It's, yeah, I mean, they're yeah. certainly for a particular crowd of people. Um, I think you would like the NBA Street, NFL Street, FIFA yeah. Street games. I don't think they still make the street games. It's sad because they the same people that made EA Sports big, they made um <laughs> that's that was the boot up screen every single time. I wasn't burping there, I promise. Um, <laughs> they also made the SSX tricky games. Oh, okay. So that you like? I wish so. they would make those. Yeah. Or, so yeah. Uh, all right, we've talked it along about yeah, that's games, all I had games we list. don't like. Um, Lauren's pretty quiet over there. So let's get to talking about the main topic of the show tonight, the reason why we wanted to have Lauren on, because she rivals me in my love of Disney and Pixar. So we kind of wanted to just talk about our top five movies for both Disney and Pixar. A um, couple caveats here. So these are our personal lists. If you don't see Bambi on our list, you know, don't kill her as mom. It's just, you know... These are our lists, and we had to... Uh, Run into the forest. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go into that? Or? I don't know if they want to hear that. Okay. Yeah, your weirdo, like, little techno song. But um, uh, we might as well, because yeah, there's going to be no contact. I don't know. We had a big techno phase, and... Um, yeah, like, DEFCON 1 and all this, like, European, like, hard style, jump style, and... I don't know how delusional we were, but we were watching Bambi or something, and it was like, don't run into the forest, Bambi, and then we turned it into a techno song. So, like, the beat drop was the gunshot, so it was like, <laughs> it was like Bambi, don't go into the forest, or no, 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 not Bambi, but it was like, Mom, don't go into the forest, like, it was like, we're really deranged people, Yeah. if you just hear this story, but... I don't know. We just went. It would into be a the, perfect place to drop the beat. The bass. I mean, that's what we were thinking, but yeah, I don't know. We had a really big techno. So now, phase. okay, so help help 
paint the picture here. So are we, like, this was actually something that was produced by someone else. No, no, no. This we was... just created this in our, like, really deranged minds. And so, so we... you guys didn't, like, do this on the computer. It was more like your voices. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah we just thought about it one day. Gosh, and... you guys are freaking screwed up. What if, like, child Bambi was talking to his mom, don't go into the forest, and then she went into the forest, got shot, and that shot was a bass drop to a techno song. And then what, like, Bambi puts on a pair of shades and a backwards hat and just starts, like, doing, like, yeah, dancing? just like, jumping around and, yeah. If, if you guys haven't, like, heard of Jump Style, we learned that in high school. And Ryan actually got the fat pants, which they're, like, P-H-A-T pants. And so they're, like, his has, like, aliens. neon aliens on them. And they're, like, giant pants. And you just, it makes you look super cool if you do Jump Style in the dark. And it sounds weird, but that was, cool like, a quotation really. quotation marks. Or, uh, what is it? Not quotation. Yeah, quotation marks. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it was it was a lot of fun back in the high school Bunch days. Of nerds. But that was like six was it or seven Melbourne years Shuffle? ago. Yeah, 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 Melbourne Shuffle. Um yeah, it was a lot of fun, but that's our Bambi story. So if you don't <laughs> see Bambi on our list, it's still a great movie. Yeah. Don't kill off. Yeah, Bambi's we don't want the hate mom. mail. But so yeah, so other caveats <laughs> here. Um, you know, Disney's bought pretty much ESPN, they've bought Marvel, Star Wars, everything. You're not gonna see any of that kind of stuff on here. Um they bought ESPN. Yeah, ABC. They own everything. Really? Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you're not going to. I really my- like football as my number five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith is actually my number one Disney movie yeah. of all time. Uh, no, gosh, the guy I can't stand the man. Uh, he's he's entertaining to watch. Is that but- the really angry guy on yeah. ESPN? Freaking hate that guy. Yeah. He's oh just- my gosh, he gets paid way too much to be angry. No, nope. I could be angry and yell about nonsense with stupid points and get paid le- like half of what like i'll take two million dollars to be angry down, about nothing bruce banner calm down <laughs> this is his interview right now for the angry position and yeah, he's getting so. riled up wow um sports and things and balls and touchdowns and goals <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> um yeah so wow let's kick off this this episode or this topic with uh, our top five disney movies kind of what kind of we're going to start with and then we'll get into Pixar and some of the other topics that we have. So for me, I actually recorded a video on YouTube years ago talking about my top 10 Disney movies of all time. So I made some minor adjustments to that. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty much the same. The, the top five is certainly the same. Um, so I'm going to quickly talk about the back half of it and then we'll each kind of talk about five, then four. We'll each kind of do like a round table here. So number 10 Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, one of the best directed-to-video movies um, that was ever made by Disney, in my opinion, uh, my humble opinion, and uh, one that I think is very underrated. There was some great music. All of the original voice actors reprised their roles, and uh, it's overlooked, so if you haven't seen it, check it out. Emperor's New Groove coming in at 9, uh, David Spade and uh, John Goodman, I believe, doing you know the two characters, amazing, some of the best music, and just a really fun and unique story. Little Mermaid at number 8, um... Say what you will, but the music's phenomenal. So was the animation. Mulan at seven. Again, music is absolutely incredible. Um, great story. Love it. Number six is a very old one that my sister and I still to this day absolutely adore. Um, I think this came out like, I don't know, 50s, 60s maybe. Uh, the Sword and the Stone. Of course, um, the story is very well known with King Arthur, you know, pulling the sword out of the stone. You have Merlin. Um, what I love in that movie though is when Merlin and that other little witch lady do like this like magic bout. They get like this magic fight, so they like each turn into different animals and they fight each other, and it's just so good. Um, yeah, you got to see it. 
Yeah, I have not seen it. You've not seen Sword in the Stone? I know, Lauren. Probably way back in the day. I don't remember. Yeah, it's been at least 10 years. Oh, gosh, you guys have to. Um, Archimedes, man, the little owl. He's the best. That's ringing a bell. Silence. Um, All right, so we'll get into our our top five now. So my number five is one that... um, most people probably wouldn't have on any kind of a top 10 list because it's not held in as high regard, but I think it's um, beautifully animated, one of the most gut-wrenching tearjerker of Disney movies out there, and that's The Fox and the Hound. Um, I just love, 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 love the movie. Um, who doesn't want a pet fox named Todd, first of all? Oh. Um, but just their friendship um, as kids or you know as young pups, and just when, when Todd and, and, and Copper... Are, are talking and he's like we're gonna be friends forever Todd right he's like forever and it's just like this this dialogue yeah. that's just like like tears just start streaming down my face but then of course as they get older you know a summer goes by or whatever they go hunting and Copper comes back and he's like an older guy or whatever an older pup and at that point um, they basically can't be friends anymore because the two owners really butt heads and they don't like each other and so all kinds of crazy stuff goes down towards the end of the movie. And, um, you know, I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but so, so good. Um, I just love it. There's just a lot of great characters. What's uh, the big owl? What's what's the owl's name? It's like, like Big Mama, big or, mama something. or something. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, it's just a phenomenal movie because they have so much more depth to the characters than most other animated movies. I agree. And you have really random sub plots with like the little inchworm yes. and like he's the cutest little guy and he's like all toasty by the fire one time oh yeah and he's, he's like, like he the like little woodpeckers his hands together and he's yeah. like yeah yeah and it's just yeah it's a great movie but I love yeah it. no it's adorable and it's it's interesting to see like how in real the real world people have like prejudices over like their experiences through life and mm-hmm. they meet each other and like having that kind of allegory like mm-hmm. in this movie and then come it like I don't want to spoil it but it's been out for can I spoil it it's been out for like 35 years okay, if you yeah, want, if you want to spoil it I mean just pause yeah. it for like you know a minute or two yeah them coming back and like realizing that they were wrong and then growing from that mm-hmm. um yeah it was it's such a good movie yeah so uh yeah that's my number 5 I don't really have anything else to say about it um I know there's actually there was a direct-to-DVD sequel to this, um, but Disney's direct-to-movie or video sequels are very, very hit and miss. I actually am pretty fond of the the Aladdin sequels, um, and of course the uh, the Lion King sequel. But uh, Fox, and I remember we Lauren, we we popped in Mulan two one time, and we were just like, "This is just garbage." Um, but uh, but yeah, I haven't seen the second one. I probably never will. But love, love, love the first. So. Um, that's my number five. So Ryan, why don't you go for say your number five? Um, so my number five was also the Fox and the Hound. Oh, really? Surprisingly, I didn't yeah. think. You, okay, I didn't think anyone. No, else I it. I went through like preparing for this list. We originally scheduled to like record at three o'clock today, and I went through every movie um, that Disney had ever made alphabetically, <laughs> as Ryan does. And Fox and the Hound. When I saw this on that list, I had totally forgotten that this was a movie. Yeah, and I was so excited. Because, I mean, oh, it's just so good and so adorable. Um, I have yeah. it if you ever want to borrow it. Yeah, I will take you up on that one. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so, yeah, it's also my number five. Very cool. What about you, Lyric Gizmo? It should have probably been my number five. Um, I just updated my list like two minutes ago. Oh I've been boy. It's a fluid list, so it changes <laughs> with the mood and the day. Gosh. And so bear with me a little oh bit. Oh, boy. Here we go. But, yeah. So my number five is Lilo and Stitch. 
Okay, I thought you so, originally said this was going to be an honorable mention. So, yeah, interesting. Again, I just updated this like two minutes ago. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't honorable mention, but I just love this movie. I think it's one of the rare times that Disney is really original in their mm-hmm. script. I mean, most of the time it's like you pick a country, you pick a girl, you pick a boy, so that's her love interest, and then they go on an adventure and they fall in love. And as much as I love that, Lilo and Stitch is just a refreshing movie. Um, I love all of the hints of Lilo singing Elvis songs and yeah. just all like the little adventures that, that they go on um, and like the sisters fighting and you don't have any big like love interests. It's not just like the end goal is to be a prince and princess and mm-hmm. uh, that's just refreshing. But actually the first time that Ryan and I went to Disney, mm-hmm. we sat in on like a concept art for Lilo and Stitch and I went back to elementary school and I was like guys they're gonna make a movie about aliens and there's this cute little like blue guy and he's just like has six arms and he's just like the most cute thing ever and they're like Lauren you're insane like (laughs) Disney's never going to make a movie about aliens and like a year and a half later it was out and I was like haha isn't he cute like isn't he just precious take that Rachel (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it was just it's just a precious movie um yeah you got Elvis I just think it's the drawing is really unique. All the different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, I believe it's the second movie, <laughs> they introduce a lot, like kind of the backstory of Stitch and like his his love interest at that point. But yeah. I just love how unique each of the characters are and the relationship that she builds with Stitch as if she has a dog, but it's just like all these crazy little adventures. Well, I just but. love it when, yeah, I mean, there's so many great things about the movie. It's a unique pick, and it's, it's a, I think, a good one, too. Um, when she goes and finds him, and she's just like, this one. I want, you know, and she, like, picks him, and he's just, and he's just like, blah. You know, like, he's, like, spewing everywhere, and his sister's like, ugh, like, why do you want that one? You know? Yeah, is really bad Yeah. And, like, every other dog is, like, in the rafters, just, like, terrified. Yeah, I remember that. And they're like, well, I guess there's no other dog Because yeah, she's like, Hello, yeah. is anyone in here? <laughs> it's just adorable. So, um, I used to be able to do a Stitch voice. Let me see if um, I can. If I can. <laughs> uh, I'm still. No, I can't do it anymore. I used to be able to do a really good Stitch voice. Um, you have some other really good voices, though. You've been working on. Uh, yeah, I can do a little a Yoshi, Donald Duck. Um, oh yeah, you you sang a Yoshi song for like three hours that one day because I was playing. Some kind of Yoshi game. Yeah. On my DS. So. Yeah, you're playing uh, Wooly World or whatever. Yeah. So you like go around and you get different skins and it's just like a Yoshi yarn world, which is right up my alley. <laughs> Yoshi! Yeah, but he sang like a little song. And From Yoshi's just, story. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> so that is wonderful, especially for like the first half an hour. But it was like three hours later, and so I just had this stuck in my head, but he's trying to perfect all of his voices for kiddos someday. Yeah, I have and to. And it'll be really cute, but that um, is my number five. Cool. And, so. and one last thing I'll say about that, too, is I love the how much they stressed family and the importance mm-hmm. of it. You know, there was that Ohana means family. Family means no one gets left behind. Yeah. Um, because the sisters, as much as they did butt heads, they made it work, and at the end of the day, they loved each other. And mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, just in... I don't know. Disney oftentimes really hits the mark, and I feel like with that one, the message that was there, I think, was really strong. So, good choice, good choice. I like it. So the next one, um, I don't know. I feel like people I've talked to either love it or they just like hate it, which is very strange to me because I remember seeing it and just adoring it even to this day. Um, the, my dad actually bought the soundtrack and we listened to it wherever we went, and that's Hercules. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just love the soundtrack. Danny DeVito as Phil was just like hysterical I thought um just a really unique twist on the story 
And, you know, I love kind of the progression as young Herc to kind of adult Herc and, you know, how he had this big ego, but then he was kind of more emotional and romantic towards the end. Um, you know, the, the kind of how Phil and Herc butt headed or butt heads at the end because, um, you know, he was in love with Meg and he's like, you know, Meg's playing you because she was Hades, like little henchmen or whatever. Um, plus Hades, like two little henchmen guys. Mm-hmm. Um, cause <laughs> when, I remember when Hades at the very end, he falls into the pit and whatever. And, uh, they're like freaking out. He's like, oh man, he's going to kill us if he gets out. And he's like, if, if it's good, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Um, but yeah, really good movie. I remember also there was so much memorabilia and merchandise coming out to advertise for the movie. Like I think McDonald's had a bunch of toys. I had like a, um, a little cup that was like Hercules related, um, and like a bunch of like little figurines and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's a really fun movie. And the soundtrack is just phenomenal. Um, uh, Michael Bolton. Bolton. Yeah. He sings that one song and, um, I can often dream. I can go the distance. Of a far <laughs> off I listen to place. that song anytime I'm like going in for an interview or anything. I'm just like, okay, I need to get riled up. Welcome, I can go the we'll distance. Welcome, we'll be waiting for <laughs> me. Just in the background. That was actually my favorite. The song crowds song. will cheer as they see my face. So, so remember when we talked about not talking over me? <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. This is it. one of those moments. Um, but this is actually one of my, or it was my favorite soundtrack of all Disney until Moana. And then now. But this is where I'm meant to yeah, be. Yeah, that song in particular. It's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Uh, really good. So I don't think I have anything else to say there. Um, I actually have the PS1 game for Hercules. It's a little 2D platformer on the PS1. Mm-hmm. Um, I've yet to play it, but it looks kind of fun, so I'm looking forward to playing that. But uh, Hercules, great movie. Love it. Ryan, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is Wreck-It Ralph. Um, I liked how different it was. Lauren was kind of talking about how generally... Disney goes into, like, the cookie-cutter princess, uh, find a guy, sing a bunch of songs about whether it's, like, finding things under the ocean or whatever. Um, But this is kind of, I mean, it's it's really close to what a Pixar movie would look like. 100%. And they kind of cross over. um, But it's the idea of going into an arcade and it's, I mean, what Marvel does, not to jump into another Disney thing, Marvel with the last two movies with Thanos and the um, Black Panther villains, Mm -hmm. really humanizing the villains. Wreck-It Ralph is very much that same way where he's supposed to be the villain, or this guy named Ralph is this villain of this video game. He wrecks everything. Fix-It Felix. uh, And then Fix-It Felix is the good guy, Mm -hmm. and everyone hates him because he wrecks things. Um, But really showing that he actually has some character, and they have like, a villain's therapy session for like Bowser and Dr. Like, Robotnik from Sonic. Yeah. I, that was so, I mean, I love the video game tie in. I thought yeah. that was really unique. I mean, um, yeah, it's just, it's hilarious. And I like the amount of sarcasm and you said you weren't liking the, uh, Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Voice so, actor. okay. I love, I love the concept. I think it's absolutely perfectly set up. John C. Riley is the, is, um, you know, the, the, or the Wreck-It Ralph guy I think is great. Um, Sarah Silverman, I like her as an actress. I loved her in School of Rock. But her voice as this young girl was just really like screeching in my ears and I just didn't like it. I would have loved to have had – it would have made sense because it would have been crossing um, you know, DreamWorks and Disney. But um, Little Margot and um, Despicable Me, the little girl with like the little pink bunny thing, I think her voice is just so perfect for a young girl. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Silver, Sarah Silverman's voice is just – it's not. I don't. I just didn't feel like it was a good fit. 
I personally like the like, kind of whiny feel to the voice. Yeah, and, and to each their own. I mean, that, yeah. you know, it, it just didn't, didn't strike a chord with me. So Yeah, I mean, overall, it's, I mean, having, and the like the contrast in the game, it's something like Wreck-It Ralph, where it's just kind of like a platformer almost, mm-hmm. and you fix stuff, versus this giant, like, HD game with these bugs and, like, a shooter. Yeah. And then, like, all these games kind of getting mashed together mm-hmm. um, was pretty interesting. I And then most of the newer movies for Disney are very sarcastic, mm-hmm. and they have a very um, hidden layer of, like, d- adult humor, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. Yeah. Like, um, they're like, okay, or... Kind of towards the end of that movie, um, the girl, I totally, her name is blanking on me right now, but she... Like, the young girl? Yeah. Penelope. Penelope. Um, they're like, oh, so what are our punishments? She's like, all right, for your punishment, you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and like, everyone's like, whoa, this took a turn. Like, yeah. what's going on here? Um, yeah, no, I, I liked it. I mean, I'm looking forward to being able to play it in Kingdom Hearts 3. I think yeah. it'd be kind of cool to have him as like a um, a side character to kind of fight alongside you. And but, then um, the second one's coming out, yeah, as well. Exactly, with the internet and stuff like that. Yeah, so it should be good. Um, good choice, Lauren. What's your number four? So, going off of what Ryan had just touched on of uh, underlying factor of adult humor, um, I really love Zootopia. So that's oh, my okay. number four. That's a good choice. I actually didn't even think about adding that one. Yeah, so, I, okay. I love it. Just like Lilo and Stitch, it's very refreshing. So there's a lot of inside, or not inside, but adult jokes mm-hmm. um, in this movie. So a lot of original Disney was very subtle. It was like something, like some kind of symbol in the clouds. But this one's a lot more direct. Yeah. Um, so spoilers, turn off uh, the podcast or skip a minute or two if you haven't seen this movie, which I hope you, you should. I do. Good, good. So basically, in this movie, this little this little rabbit is going, this little bunny is going and joining the police force, and there's a fox, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, the fox is like a really bad person. Like, he's like a con um, he's artist, like, basically. Yeah, he basically is, and he's basically playing into the stereotypes that are around foxes, and she um, basically blackmail, blackmails him into helping her because he has like all of these, um, he hasn't paid taxes on all of his current... <laughs> Um, basically all the schemes that he's pulled around town. Yeah. And so she says to him, um, I mean, I am just a dumb bunny, but we are good at multiplying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, like, okay, no child would understand that. They're probably just like, oh, she's multiplying taxes, not just like yeah. multiplying yeah. like bunnies. And so I just love that kind of thing, just like subtle wit and humor that's thrown into this movie. I also love the sloth part oh, where they go yeah. and they're, they're talking to sloth and they're just like, you know, just like slowly moving his hand. Well, they back go and to forth. the BMV, and so they basically are like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be super quick. You're just gonna get this registration." And the sloth's like, "Hi." And then he like tells oh, him a joke. Oh yeah, he tells him a joke, and then his face, like even his reaction, is like Rusty's doing the face right yeah. now. But you, um, you just see his face like slowly curl into a smile, and just like he laughs so slow. But like any adult who's ever updated their license and registration would understand how <laughs> yeah. slow that process is. So yeah. they would just be like, ha ha, I get you. Yeah, but exactly. Because the kids, they would just like, had they wouldn't like, put two oh, and two sloth, together. It's so cute. Yeah. yeah. But even just like the concept behind this movie, you go through all of these different zones that the environment is fit for those animals and they all just kind of live together. So you have 
zones that are rainforest, um, desert. desert. Yeah, you have all these different zones. And then you see like hamsters and giraffes in like the same little area, but they all have like their own little subways that are fit to their size. And it's just neat how they weave all of that in. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was a really creative movie yeah no i totally agree that's a good choice one i honestly wasn't even on my honorable mentions not that i shouldn't have been i just forgot about it um because i think we watched that like shortly after we got married because it like yeah. went on netflix and we watched it for the first time together and we're just rolling yeah. uh, it's funny good choice so i would say my top three are very kind of by the numbers not that that's necessarily a bad thing but i mean these are the movies i love and you know i grew up watching them and i, st- I still think they're um, fantastic, like masterpiece uh, Disney movies. So number three is Beauty and the Beast. Um, you know, the first dance for Lauren and I was, um, I think it's literally called Beauty and the Beast, but Tale as Old as Time is time. how it's best known. Um, and uh, I mean, gosh, just the story itself is is so, I would say it's it's kind of typical Disney. You know, you got you have this prince who's been cursed and he's, he's stuck in this castle and this young kind of bookworm of a girl who has all these guys, particularly Gaston, wanting to marry her and she's just kind of like waiting for the right man she has this really goofy guy of a dad that's just like totally um making all these weirdo gadgets he's like almost yeah he's an inventor and just you know always blowing things up and everything which is super fun but um just how the movie kicks off with her just you know walking through the streets and just singing that song um the music again in this movie is just phenomenal um story's great and uh I, i was actually very I don't want to say this. I wasn't disappointed in the live action adaptation. We'll kind of talk about this later. Um, but there were just some things that I kind of disagreed with the direction that they went. I felt casting was actually perfect. I felt, um, I think Luke Evans as Gaston was good. Of course, Emma Watson as Belle was, couldn't have been more perfect. And then Josh Gad as, um, what is his little henchman? Gaston's henchman. I forget what his name is. Um, oh, that's going to really bug me. Um, you can look it up, but, but, um, but yeah, no, I thought casting was perfect. There were just like some, some jokes and almost like some current kind of political stuff that they almost felt like, I I think they they try to be politically correct in some instances. And I was just like, why, why are we doing this guys? Like, this does not need to be a thing. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a great, great movie. And, uh, I think one thing I did like about the live action adaptation is that they went a little bit deeper into the backstory of Belle's mom and kind of the history there, which was nice. Um, but the, the animated film is just a classic and, um, I'm definitely hoping that they have that world in kingdom hearts three, or at least we get to fight alongside beast because he's a monster and he wrecks in those kingdom hearts games. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my number three, nothing out of the ordinary, but still a great movie nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so my number three has already been taken by Rusty for his number four. So Hercules is my number three, um, for all the same reasons that Rusty had said, the music's great. The story's great. I love mythology. So getting to see a new take on that, um, or at least the Disney adaptation of that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, something maybe just taking a step back that's, I'm glad I still kind of have my collection. You guys do as well is just the old school VHS tapes, you know, because I just loved how well they were bound. The, the, the covers, it's basically like the, the theatrical movie poster on the cover. Um, I don't even know, just opening them up. It's almost like opening up like a storybook and it's just like, they almost feel cheaply made, but I think that the, the cheapness has this like novelty to it. That's just like, there's just so much nostalgia tied to opening up those VHS tapes. And it's just kind of a lost art these days because, 
I don't think Blu-rays have, certainly visually they look better, but I don't think there's the same of, of appeal of having just a stack of like old school VHS tapes. Or, or the lack of the like crunch as yeah. you open the box, because those were really crunchy boxes. Yeah, yeah. That and something, one of my gripes about uh, Blu-ray is just you, it is crisper, but I do miss that. Um, like old drawing kind of style of Mm -hmm. you can see it being hand-drawn. And like we watched Shrek the other night and I was like, okay, were the flowers always that clear? Because I feel like it used to be a lot duller and that's fine that they want to update it. I mean, it looks great now, but there's something very nice and nostalgic about going back to the original graphics. So I'm glad we have some of those VHS, not that we can necessarily play them with our systems. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you know, once we get a house, I'd like to invest in – you know, we already have like a kind of a, a dumbed down TV, but even like a old school CRT TV that I could play like my old retro consoles on, but also getting like a decent VHS player. We can probably find one either at a thrift stop shop or even like garage sales. Um, I'd or like to eBay or probably. eBay, get a good condition one just so we can kind of play some of those Disney movies um, because I love to show our kids the originals. Yeah. You know, on the VHS. On the original screens. I'm sure if we wanted to trade my parents our one of our nice TVs for one of their, like, giant cube TVs, they wouldn't fight us. So. I'd be okay we with actually, that. I think we got rid of all the giant cubes. we have one. Because you have to actually pay people to take those away now. Yeah. yeah. Like, to dispose of them. Yeah. Um, and, they, yeah, they're just so big to lug them around. But um, there is kind of a, a nostalgia to those types of machines. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get one someday. Um, so wait, who's up, Lauren? All right, this is your number three. So for the longest time, I had my top three set in stone. They would my number two and three would switch order for a little bit, but I just recently took out Aladdin, which was like something I never thought I would do. Wait, what? I know. So it's now an honorable mention. Let me look divorce papers. I know, I know. It was my favorite movie, like for the longest time, or it was second on my list. So it's not even in your top five? I know, it's brutal. Gizmo. But I know I'm updating. But, <laughs> like, I always wanted to be Jasmine because she's Middle Eastern and just beautiful and had a pet tiger. Like, we can't beat it. Um, Raja, the best. Yeah, and so for the longest time, it was my number two. But I think recently I made some updates. But number three right now is Mulan. Oh, I'm so glad. Okay, so glad you picked that. Keep going. Yeah, so... Yeah, one, just Mushu, just enough said, right there. He's so stinking cute Freaking Eddie Murphy, the last good thing that it. he did for film. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, well. Dude, Eddie Murphy's career kind one. of like tanked. I mean, and he's, he's, what was the last movie Eddie Murphy was in? Like, let's pull him up. His Doolittle, probably. Dr. Doolittle, Dr. Doolittle. I'll give you that. The first one was good. that's after Mulan. Mulan was a 90, long time 97. ago. 97. He was... Shrek. I mean, he was yeah. uh, donkey. He was donkey. I'm a donkey on the edge. Yeah. So he like as an animated voice actor, phenomenal. Yeah. But as an actual actor, I mean, like, was it Bill- Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills Cop. Cop? That was like the last good movie I think he was in. Um, but anyway, Mulan. oh, he was in that haunted mansion one. Oh, I kind of liked that back in the day. Do you remember that? The yeah, haunt- yeah. That's yeah. actually a, a nutty professor. Like he had like a string of movies in the late '90s that were good, and of course, the late '80s with the Beverly Hills Cop. Um, so Mulan. So I, yeah, so I've recently been like <laughs> just really intrigued by Mulan Asian culture. Um, just the respect aspect in that movie. She's not even going after like some guy. It just kind of falls into place afterwards. She's more protecting um, her dad from going to war. She's mm-hmm. protecting her country. Um, and it's, I think, one of the first movies where the female is like 
you know, the warrior. She's saving herself. She's saving her country. It's not like, oh my gosh, I'm some like poor helpless girl. Please come save me. Slay this dragon. It's like, no, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to fight. And I just really respect that. Um, And they also have some great quotes. This one, I'm a quote person, so I apologize in advance, but this one is probably the most well-known. But it's, the flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of them all. And I just love that. And there's a quote from the emperor who's like, basically. Yeah, I was, if yeah. you were going to say that, yeah, I was going to. Yeah, you can say it. Um, it was, what's his face? It's the, the emperor hun. to, um, oh, we who's the guy? Place. Her love interest. Oh, are you? Okay, no, so there's two quotes. There's one that Mushu is like, oh my gosh, they're popping out of the snow like daisies. <laughs> yeah. There's that one. And then the second one that I really like, or I guess the third is the emperor says to her love interest, like, um, basically there's a girl like that doesn't come around every dynasty. Like, yeah. what do you do? And like, go after her, like yeah. chase her down on her, your horse and like, don't let her go because you're not going to find another one like that. And I just love it. That it's like, Hey, man to man, what are you doing? Well, I, I love it too. Cause when he goes and visit her at her house, the old grandma is like, I want me one of those or yeah. something like Sign that. Sign me up you know? for the next war. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So there's just like a lot of great lines. Um, there's the live action coming out in 2020. So I think they're starting to release some of those, um, like the cast list for that. But mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see what they'll do with that. But we, we're going into live action later. But that's that's my number three. No. What was the voice. main hun's name? Um, Gosh. You guys look that up because I have a quick story. So... Back in the day, my dad was kind of notorious for, like, <laughs> hiding things. So, like, when he would get stuff for my birthday, um, I'd come home from school. He'd be downstairs working out. And uh, if it was my birthday, like, he'd be like, Rusty, go upstairs in your room and, and kind of look around. I, I hid your birthday presents. And, like, I'd, like, shuffle all my pillows and under the blankets and stuff and just find, you know, like, Hot Shots Golf or, like, you know, Jack and Daxter hidden in the sheets. And then run downstairs. and be like, oh, thanks, Dad. He's like, oh, no, there's more up there. you got to keep looking. So he was kind of notorious for that. So one day, one of our neighbors, you guys listen to this story because this yeah. is important. Yeah, we're, you're hiding we're stuff. Neighbors. Yeah. Your dad, I've heard this story like 16 times. Okay. Well, okay. you need to hear it a 17th time. Okay, so, I'm listening. Okay. So um, my neighbor was like babysitting us and he's like, you know, guys, there's something out in the car for you. So we, my sister and I, we ran out in his car. We're like going through all kinds of boxes because my dad sells contact lenses for a living. Okay. So he's got just boxes full of them in his car. So I'm like, we're like shuffling through everything, papers everywhere. We're just looking for something. And we didn't know what we were looking for because he didn't really tell us. Under his seat, under the driver's seat, was a brand new VHS copy of Mulan. And we just freaking freaked out. Must have come out in 2000 probably because the movie, like the theatrical release was 99. Um, So I would have been seven. And uh, just such a good feeling. And whenever your parents got you something like you didn't know was coming, just the joy the childlike joy that you had was, um, yeah, it was amazing. So, yeah. So we looked up the name. It was Sean Yu. Yeah. Right. was the main villain. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where I was. I, it was somewhere on the internet looking at memes and it was just, uh, him, the main villain guy, um, of the Hun saying to the emperor, um, bow to me. And then the emperor's response is, as much as the wind howls to the mountain, the mountain doesn't bow. And then there was a little, like, thing underneath. He's like, this is as close to Disney as they're going to get to screw you. And, like, with a middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> Just how great that is. You know what should have happened like, in Mulan, Mulan 3 would be Mulan's mom and the emperor. Or not Mulan's mom. Mulan's grandma. 
little cricket lady and the emperor, the old guy. You should write some fan fiction for this. <laughs> I think so. I'm yeah. sure there's a place on the internet for those I'm stories. I'm sure it exists somewhere. Yeah. Hot Fifty s- Shades of Mulan. Okay, so Rusty, what Getting is your number two? hot and steamy over here. Okay, um, so my number two is freaking A, Lauren. I know. I know what your number two is. We had the same top three for the longest time. It's Aladdin, of course. Um, as much as Lauren kind of like wanted to be Jasmine, I thought Aladdin the street rat that he was just had one of the greatest personalities and just this spunk and this adventurous spirit around him. A thief. A thief. <laughs> I stole. Th- no, you know, funny story. So only thing I ever stole as a kid and we returned it. Shoplifting. Um, we were at a, uh, a grocery store that's a, a local around here. And my dad was in like a self checkout lane and I walked over to like the fridge and I grabbed a Gatorade and we like walked out to the car and we sat down and I'm like, Hey dad, look what I got. And he's like, where'd you get that? And and so we like ran back in. He made me tell the manager and apologize, of course. But um, yeah, I wasn't much of a thief when I was growing up. But anyways, yeah, so Aladdin, I kind of just aspired to be him. Plus his little monkey Abu was so adorable. Um, yeah, I mean, Robin Williams as the genie was just, mm-hmm. just so unbelievable how well he voiced and just really owned that character. And, and in, many, uh, in many cases, ad-libbing his lines. Um, Rest his soul. He was just such a, an incredible actor. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just love that movie to death. And I actually own the Genesis and Super Nintendo games. The Genesis game, I'd say, is better. It's a platformer, um, both 2D, but the graphics in the Genesis game are far um, superior to the Super Nintendo game. Um, also recently got a PS1 Aladdin game. Um, it has a weird name, like Naruna, Naruna's Revenge or something weird like that. Uh, it's like a 3D action platformer, so I'm looking forward to playing that. But um, yeah, Aladdin, just a wonderful soundtrack. Again, a great story, and I'm probably in the great minority that actually does enjoy some of the direct-to-video um, sequels that came out. I think there's like Return to Jafar and then uh, Prince of Thieves or King of Thieves or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed those. So uh, my number that, two. That was a tough Tough choice to yeah, bring sure off was. my <laughs> top five. No, it's it's a phenomenal movie. The music's great. Um, just the adventures that they go on with the little flying carpet. And I don't know. It's If you haven't seen it in the many, many years it's been out, please go and see it immediately. Yeah, it yeah. came out in 92. So what is that, 26 years? Come on now, people. Yeah, that was a good movie. Um, so my number two is Tangled. Oh, so good. Really? Yeah. Ryan, I'm going to have a lot of problem with your top two. <laughs> no, I love Tangle. Um, I really liked Flynn Rider, the yes. kind of love interest. Um, he was a thief as well, but better than Aladdin. Um, Hold the freaking the phone. One that <laughs> he was the one, or like the first kind of male interest to address how crazy these movies are when it comes to like fantasy or like just the magic and stuff. Um, it was when her hair kind of was glowing and it had like a healing property and healed or like lit up when they were like drowning. Mm-hmm. And he just was in shock. Like your hair glows, your hair glows. And then like he sees uh, like it heal his hand and she's like, don't scream, don't scream. And you just see him like quivering with his mouth open. Um, yeah, go ahead. And this movie was originally going to be named Rapunzel, I think, but they named it Tangled because they wanted it to appeal to boys, too. They didn't want it just to be like, oh, some princess movie. But they have so much humor in this movie as well. Like, he smolders, and he thinks he's, like, going to get her to change 
like her mind, but she's never really interacted with a boy before. So she like hits him with a frying pan, <laughs> and he's just like, okay, that smoldering thing's not gonna work. But yeah, it's or, just hilarious. Or they go into like a bar with like a bunch of like armored out like mm-hmm. murderers, and then she's like totally has no idea how the world works, and she's like, I have a dream, and they're like. I had a dream, and then they just break out into song and how they want to be cooks or dancers, and yeah. Yeah, Tangle's weird for me because, like, I do enjoy it, but like your number one pick, um, it's just, I don't know, like, something about it, I didn't feel like the music was very great. The story, I think, is fine. I mean, it's just like The Sword in the Stone. It's a classic tale, like, fairy tale story, which is fine. Um, I thought Mandy Moore as... um, Rapunzel is, is fantastic. She has a great singing voice to begin with, so I think she was perfect for the role. Um, you know, there's always, like, these little minion sidekicks. You know, you have Flounder, you have um, Mushu, all these great characters, but to have one that never speaks, but to have such a great personality with Pascal, her little, um, <laughs> like, Charmeleon, um, what are they called? Chameleon. Chameleon. Uh, Charmeleon. Charmeleon. Uh, he spits fire. Yeah, he got Pokemon well, on he the even, mind. Like, just randomly like sticks his tongue in Flynn Rider's ear, and he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> he's yeah. so cute, and he has so much personality. Yeah. And they like integrate that entire storyline into like Frozen too, because you see like it's at the very end, right? Be- or no? Do they put Tangled into Frozen? But they integrate those two storylines because you see Rapunzel in Frozen when they're like the opening the or doors like, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Oh really? Yeah. She's like in the background. Interesting. I wonder if she'll be in Frozen it 2 was then. Walking into like the beginning yeah. scene. Yeah, she's there because her hair's cut short and it's like the brown hair. But you see her they have blend. like yeah, they have that those two movies and Little Mermaid, all of those and I think maybe um, Tarzan, they all like connect those plots and you'll see back in some of those movies like what they the have heck? Yeah, it's really weird. We'll have to go through, like, that, I guess, lore with these. But basically, like, when their parents die, they were the parents that, was it that the ship was wrecked at the bottom of the ocean in? Um, Yeah, because they're all based off of uh, European countries. Um, So Tangled is the German one. Um, I think, what is it? Little Mermaid is Danish, right? Well, it's either it's either their ship wrecks, like the parent ship wrecks at the bottom of the ocean, and that's Little Mermaid, or they're the ones that get um, stranded, stranded with Tarzan. at Tarzan, and that's like they get killed by the yeah the little it, cheetah guy. But the jaguar, they all, yeah. yeah, they um they all intersect, and I think that's really just a great way that Disney tied them all together, mm-hmm. much like the Infinity Stones too. They just tie everything up, but and you don't Pixar have like does one. Too. Yeah, it's just cool seeing like. I think like some Toy Story toys were in other movies, just like in. Oh yeah, well Pixar is notorious for doing that. I mean, they yeah, you can find like Pizza Planet Truck is in, um, like Finding Nemo. Yeah, it's um, just a great little way to integrate the little Toy Story balls in Bell's or not Bell's room, um, uh, Boo's room and Monsters Inc. Yeah, um, that kind of stuff. There's a lot of like subtle nods. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Aladdin was two for me. What's your number two then? I just answered. Tangled. Okay, it's Lauren. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you just tune out my entire number two, man. Dude, just like when you were lo- talking about your top five Pokemon. I was like, we're on number f- five still? No, yeah. I'm on number two, man. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the longest time, this was my number three, but again, it's fluid. So this is my number two. It's Beauty and the Beast. Okay. So we've already kind of touched on this, but like Rusty said, it was our wedding song, like our first dance. Um 
was Taylor's oldest time. I think just the character development is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I just love that Belle's just doing her thing, reading her books, um, just like overtaken by the floor to ceiling um, yeah. library and just sees so much depth to the beast that she's like, I don't need a guy who eats like 12 dozen eggs a day raw. Like, I don't care about how much muscle you have. I care about your heart. And she sees like, she's so patient with the beast and like how he's growing and like learning mm-hmm. to interact. Um, I just, I think it's a beautiful story. Um, I think it's cool too in how she stays so true to who she is as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, Emma Watson, she was talking about when she was cast as the role, she was so excited because when she grew up watching Beauty and the Beast on VHS, um, she saw a lot of similar traits mm-hmm. in Belle that she did in herself. And even today, you know, Emma Watson's a pretty big bookworm. And, you know, so it's just so neat that like a character was cast that wasn't like, I don't want to like stereotype any kind of, of women in general, but she wasn't like, you know, preppy or anything like that. She's like, I love to read books and I know what I want in a man. And this guy, I see it. I see potential and I love him. So, and you see like, even in the background, um, of the movie, there's those three girls who constantly go after Gaston and they're like very low cut dresses. Like, and Belle is just very modest, very much like, I'm not going to change myself to like get a man. Are you kidding? And so she's just very much like, it'll happen in its time. And so she went after an animal. So she went after an animal. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's that's what we're promoting here. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I thought it was a great story. I think I <laughs> really. That's illegal in most Yeah, areas. we're not, we're not promoting all of that, but. Speciality. Speciality yeah. is very much illegal in all cultures. So, yeah. so don't, don't partake. Um, but I think I relate the most to Belle out of all the little Stockholm. princesses. No, I'm just kidding. Never mind. No. <laughs> no. Moving right along. Okay, so, Rusty, what is your number one on that note? So I think, Lauren, you and I share the same number one. Yeah. Um, Ryan's the freaking noob over there with his weirdo newer CGI animated movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Lion King is, of course, my number one. Um, and in many regards, probably my number two movie of all time, you know, behind Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't really know what can be said about The Lion King that hasn't already been said. I mean, certainly the story to kind of take um, a classic literary um, masterpiece of Hamlet and kind of have animals kind of play out that that kind of story, I think is incredible. Disney is just um, really the masterminds behind, you know, taking things and kind of putting a nice twist on it. Um, just a wonderful story of kind of redemption and justice um, with Simba coming back to kind of right the wrong that Scar um, kind of caused early on in the movie. And one quick story that I want to talk about, again, if you haven't seen Lion King, I, I expect most people have, so I don't really need to go dig into the story itself. Um, but one story, so my sister and I were absolutely obsessed with the film growing up. Um, I can't recall like a specific moment when I sat down with my parents and you know we watched it. Um, just know that I watched it dozens and dozens of times, probably almost every day um, with my sister. So I was five. My sister's um, I think 18 months older than I am, something like 22 months, something like that. Um, well, she's a little bit older. So we were at the top of our staircase and we were reenacting the scene between Mufasa and Scar when Scar, of course, kicks <laughs> Mufasa off of, off of the cliff essentially. And so, um, fortunately for me, I was Mufasa and you know how Scar whispers in his ears, he's like, long live the king. And then he tosses him off so I, I told my sister you know I will admit to gently push me um she shoved me whether she chooses to admit it or not and I tumbled down the stairs and I broke my collarbone so we, my parents of course didn't know at the time that I broke a bone because I was like just a young kid falling down the stairs anyone's gonna cry 
but I slept in like our guest room for the night. We had a water bed in there and, um, they were kind of hoping that that would kind of ease the pain, just relaxing. And uh, I was crying all night. So my dad took me to the emergency room at like one or two o'clock and I got like this little sling. Um, and I remember getting a thing, a little bag of Cheetos out of the vending machine. And then I went home and that was the day that we got Cartoon Network installed in our cable because like back then you could only get like particular channels. It wasn't so much the package deals that you have today, the luxury that we have. And so I just stayed up until like three or four in the morning watching Looney Tunes, eating my bag of Cheetos with a broken collarbone. So at the end of the day, who really won, Sarah? Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I love Lion King and that's really all I need to say about that. But Yeah, Lion King's such a great and kind of flagship of Disney. It really is. I mean, I think it goes without saying that when anyone talks about the greatest Disney movie of all time, like most people point to Lion King and I'm not yeah. being like biased. I mean, that's just like definitively if you type in top Disney movies on Google, mm-hmm. literally the first picture that shows up is Lion King. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Ryan, what's your number one? Um, so my number one is mighty ducks three. Yes, I knew it. So actually, um, it was a pick between this and toothless. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. no, no, no. You, you had me going for a second. I knew you were joking at first and then you're like, wait, are you serious? Toothless? Yeah, no. Um, so for the longest time, my, like, how my top five went were very similar to Rusty and Lauren. Um, Lion King has always been my favorite. Um, then it's all Beauty and the Beast because it's amazing. Then Little Mermaid or Aladdin is next. And then Mulan and mm-hmm. Hercules. So that's always been, I mean, kind of more or less the cookie cutter. Um, but with the new, like, I, I'm more writing my list off of what I would go back and watch nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I, I can watch those a few times. I've, at this point, I've seen all of those maybe five or six times. Um, but kind of as background noise, I wouldn't necessarily choose those. Um, so my number one, which I've seen a bunch of times and I would love to just listen to because of the humor, um, is Zootopia. Wait, really? Yeah. I thought you were going to say Moana. No. Moana, I love the soundtrack. Um, for the number of times... I've been singing Moana at work. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually like, this is really surprising to I me. know, I know. Um, Zootopia, it's just the sarcasm um, and that sense of humor and everything we talked about when Lauren shows it um, earlier on. Um, yeah, Moana doesn't have, as, from what I remember, as much sarcasm and that kind of humor. No, I mean, I just... Uh, yeah, I mean, Moana is, is, is a great movie. I would say it's good. I wouldn't say it's great. Um soundtrack it rivals lion king and hercules for me um Mm. but the story i just didn't feel like it did anything overly interesting i thought rock um the the rock dwayne johnson as as (laughs) that the rock just rock (laughs) yeah um no i think his character is great i think he was perfectly cast for that role um but the movie in and of itself i just don't think it's very special yeah that's kind of i was looking at moana um, I heard Coco was amazing as well. And it's on Netflix. I do want to. Yeah. I do want to see that. I do want to um, watch it. So I'm sure that would be up there in my list. Um, but as of now, Zootopia is my number one. I like it. That's a good. That's a good um, pick. And really then, funny. As I said earlier, my normal top five for like including the more nostalgic um, Disney princess movies is as listed previously. Yeah, so. that makes sense. Lauren, what's your number one? I mean, you said it's The Lion King, but anything else you want to talk about? So I don't really have, like we had discussed earlier today, um, I don't really have a distinct memory of my first time watching Lion King, Mm -hmm. but 
I remember Ryan and I, um, like, what, 20 years ago, we built, <laughs> we built a little, like, fort down in the basement under the steps. So, like, our basement have these creaky steps, and then it's empty underneath because it's an unfinished basement. And so we built, like, a pillow fort, and we would just, like, we set up, like, a little TV there, and we would just watch Disney movies. Yeah. And that's, like, the first time... I'm sure it wasn't the first time I saw Lion King, but that was the first time, like... You have a vivid really recollection. Have, yeah. yeah. And so we would, like, eat snacks down there. Mom and Dad were super chill. They would stay upstairs and let us, like, watch our Disney movies in, like, this cool little fort. And we um, drew on the stairs. Yeah, those and, drawings are yeah. still there. Um, so we... As we grew up, we could reach different steps, and you can see our drawings on different steps then. That's And it was cool. just, like, it's so nice in that regard, having an unfinished basement because you have all of those little mm-hmm. memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, now they converted it from a pillow fort to, like, storage yeah. for sleeping bags and stuff. But we I don't like really the fort. We really go the stairs that yeah, often that'd now. Yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> um, but it was great at the time, um, like, our own little game zone. But... Again, I'm just, like, in love with all the quotes in this movie. Rafiki, in general, is just phenomenal and how goofy he is. past can't hurt, yes, but the way I see it, you can either learn from it or run from it. Simba. (laughs) (laughs) No, Rafiki is great. He's like a a little Yoda, a little monkey Yoda. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, Rusty pretty much hit the nail on the head with his description of it. But my only real story with this one is for Rusty's 22nd birthday. Oh, yes. um, I spent all this time doing an oil painting for him. And it was when, um, and then I smashed it on my knee. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell tell that story, but it was the painting of, um, Simba, Timon and Pumbaa when they were like, when Simba was a teenager walking across that log, that transformation kind of when they were singing at Kuna Matata. So it's like the green version of that, but it was a lot of fun to paint. And then I was so anxious to give it to him that we were like on one of our first dates and I like, disregarded most of the things he said because I was like, okay, well, as soon as we can get to Ryan so I can give you this painting, that's what we're doing. And so I still have it on video, but he like doesn't know what to do and just like freaks out and it was great. Yeah, well, because we were at Tim Hortons and we sat down, we got like hot chocolate or coffee or whatever and we didn't sit down for like more than five minutes. You're like, all right, you ready to go back? And I'm just like... I was checking my phone constantly. I was like the rudest person. Yeah, I was was checking dumb phones, so it's not like, yeah, he hated me. But I was so excited to give it to him because I was working on it for like five, six months. Yeah, no, it's perfect. We'll definitely have to put it in our house someday, get it framed. But it was a lot of fun. And that was, ended up being the screen saver on his computer, except for when they were, their little baby Simba. Yeah, Um, yeah. And so it was a lot of fun, but just so many good memories around Lion King. Um, it's the cliche pick, but it's forever and always the best. It's the right the pick is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's the right <laughs> pick. Yeah. Uh, do we want to go through honorable mentions? You guys touched on most of my honorable mentions. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'll just quickly run down the list. Um, Rescue is Down Under. Great. Both of them, I feel like, um, are really fun movies. Um, Oliver and Company, kind of like a, maybe the black sheep of Disney. I feel like not many people talk about it, um, or certainly not very highly of it. Excuse me, but I do really love that movie. And then one that was actually on my list originally um, when I made my YouTube video was The Aristocats. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, everybody, everybody wants to be a cat. No, they're just like the really jazzy music. I still want to be a cat. Uh, don't we all, though? <laughs> um, but no, I think like... Sure. No. No, we're not going to. <laughs> Um, no, I just think I, there's like a really great jazzy overtone to all those movies. Um, 
holy moly, I can't believe I didn't even think about this. 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm surprised I uh, kind of thought or forgot about that one. Is Lady and the Tramp too? Yeah, Lady and the yeah. Tramp's really There's good. There's so many good ones. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to include. I mean, this is our top top you guys did five so it would have been super hard for you guys i'm sure yeah yeah um and going through the list i was like the full list of all of them i was surprised yeah like i'm like how the heck am i gonna narrow this down well i mean it's like you forgot about fox and the hound and that was your number five number four five yeah so i mean it's like it's really tough because there are just so many and so many really really good ones Mm -hmm. um but uh, but yeah, those are my honorable mentions. So you guys can either either or go. Um, so I had Beauty and the Beast. Um, obviously for that one, Big Hero Six. That's that's a cool that's one. A great I movie. really love that one. Yep. Um, it's a really depressing movie. Like it, with the brother, everything that develops with him. But mm-hmm. definitely a good one to see. Yeah, it was an interesting take. I had nanobots, just the mm-hmm. cool technology and uh, portals and stuff. Um, I really liked Bolt. Oh. as well <laughs> so so that's my my last honorable mention because you guys touched on everything else it's also your lifelong dream to get me to actually watch it yeah we've had a long-standing date night plan to watch this movie because i'm like the hamster in this movie is well to as soon die as pete for. retires from twitch I'll snap his neck <laughs> snap his neck like this hamster is the cutest thing yeah and bold is just a great movie and every time we like have this date set like okay tonight's the night we're gonna watch this movie He's like, you know, I'm tired of Pete streaming. And I'm like, you know. This Freaking whole, Pete. Yeah, man. You've seen This Is Us. Like, I'm calling marriage on this one. Yeah. And marriage takes priority. So yeah. it's it's a good one. But yeah, Bolt is I'm just amazing. glad. Okay, so if you would have ever told me that like during our, our first initial conversations and dates that like Cars was one of your favorite Disney movies, oh. I literally would have walked up and like just left. That's terrible. It's, yeah. it's a terrible movie. I cannot believe that they've made three of them in the span of time that, like, it, it, it's baffling to me that it, they made three Cars movies before they made a second Incredibles movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. that that really hurts. I can't believe that. Um, we should have had, like, a top five worst between Disney and Pixar, and that would have been probably number one. Yeah, I don't I don't really have worse ones except for Cars. The other, there's some that I just I don't care for. Um like Hunchback of Notre Dame. It, it's not bad. It's it's You see it once and you're good. Yeah, like it's not just a not a movie I go back to. Um one I actually do need to watch all the way through surprisingly is Pocahontas. That um, kills me every time because the music in that is so good. And that's the thing, I know all the songs, but I just haven't seen it all the way through, which is <gasps> killer. I know it's um but uh yeah, I mean, we could go on for days. Like Cinderella, I love um, the little mice. Cinderella, Cinderella. Um, but we won't sing the entire podcast, I promise. Yeah, yeah I can't. Could. I can't, dude. I mean, we're talking about I Disney. You got to break out in song. It's just yeah. how it, how it happens. Um, I still have a few more. Oh, go for it, yeah. man. Yeah. Sorry. So um, after Bolt is Mulan. Yep. Um, for this, all the same reasons that Lauren talked about. Tarzan is another one. Um, Phil Collins, great. Yeah. And then Emperor's New Groove, mm-hmm. um, a lot of good humor in there, um, Lion King, and then Moana. Okay, yeah. good, good picks. Um, Lauren, did you have any more? No, that was it. Um, you guys touched on all the other ones. I love Emperor's New Groove. Uh, just the fact that he narrates it all, and he's like, you wouldn't believe it, but this is me, and I'll tell you the story of how I got here. I just, yeah. I just love that movie. You threw they were, my groove. Yeah, they just, <laughs> yeah, it was just, such a cute movie for its time too. It was so different from anything else we'd seen. I just remember as a kid growing up when that came out too, like all of my friends were just walking around saying like, Booyah! Because that's yeah. like what he always says like when he walks in or whatever. Booyah! 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's um, all I had. But just so many great movies. I, I love Disney, and I feel like it shapes a lot of people's childhood. So we're definitely going to have to raise the future kiddos on Disney movies. Not yep. Disney Channel. Disney no. movies. Yeah, I totally forgot, like, going down the list of all of the Disney Channel original movies. Oh, yeah. Like, do you remember, like, Cowbells? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't like, there, like, a surfing movie, too? Johnny Tsunami? Was yeah. that Disney? Yeah. I like that one. But there's so many good ones, but I used to, like... Disney Channel back in the day. Cheetah Sisters or Cheetah oh, Girls. Oh, there you go. See, That's I like a whole another day. See, I like some of the older ones. Like yeah. you guys, or those are more the new school ones. Like Susie Q. You guys probably don't even know what that is. No, the Thirteenth Year, Luck of the yeah, Irish. Like oh, yeah. Luck of the Irish was yeah. so good. Um, it's around the same time. Yeah, I mean Cheetah Girls was like maybe like a year or two like ahead of that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, some of those older school ones I really really like. Smart House. That was cool. Yeah. They've gone downhill since, but that's also just. I mean, we don't have the same, like, lessons that are taught in today's shows that we did back then. Mm-hmm. But that's a yeah. whole other tangent. Yeah, we could talk about Disney for days, but we're not going to. We're not going to. But what we will do is start talking about Pixar. So similar to Disney, we are going to talk about our top five movies, do a roundtable discussion, and then we'll kind of throw in some honorable mentions as well. Um I guess I'll go ahead and kick it off if you guys don't mind since yeah. I kicked off Disney. Um, a movie that I saw down in Florida when we were kind of vacationing there and uh, just absolutely adored it. I think it's um, also kind of like really punches you in the gut right to kick off the movie. Um, but such a wonderful, wonderful story. Um, and that, that'll that be up is my number five pick. Um, I kind of related to the little Boy Scout kid because I'm pretty sure his name was Russell. And uh, that's my, my name. And... Uh, I don't know. It's just such a goofy movie. Of course, you know, when you first start, you know, this is just really heart wrenching tale of these two young kids that fall in love and grow old together. And Ellie eventually passes away. And um, kind of this old man is just kind of like left to his own devices in this house, everything around him. Um, they're doing construction. So he's just kind of like oddly placed in this in this city that's, you know, kind of like um, becoming more, you know, industrialized or whatever They're you know, building all these buildings and stuff. Um but then I don't even really know how everything got kicked off. I think his, like, little friend, um, Russell, was, like, trying to sell him something. Or, like, I don't even know. How does this story even kick off? Probably, like, selling Boy Scout popcorn or something. Yeah. Because then he's, like, on the porch when he, like, releases all the balloons. He's just, like, done with this. Yeah. Um, but he's just so cute. You know, he's just, like, this big, giant head and just, like, these little tiny eyes. And just his little Boy Scout uniform. Um, you know, I love how he always addresses him as Mr. Fredrickson. Um and then, there's, of course, there's Doug, the weirdo dog. And uh, when he gets, you know, flown away to, like, the island that they're at, you know, because he's searching for um, kind of this famous person that traveled the world that Ellie and him always greatly admired as kids, um, who ends up, of course, in traditional Pixar Disney fashion, ends up turning up to be, like, the villain of the movie. He has, like, these weirdo dogs that are, like, can actually talk like humans. Um but yeah, no, I think it's just such a fun movie, and certainly with um, with Carl, the old man, and Russell, this young boy, because it didn't seem like you know the boy had a very good father figure in his life. That's kind of the assumption that we have, and you know towards the end of the movie when they're kind of just sitting on the side of the road, just eating, you know sharing ice cream together, and this old man that was really after his wife died became like a really hard nosed kind of guy was just really angry it seemed like and just not a happy man. But Russell kind of like really 
um, kind of pulled his emotions out and brought him back to um, kind of days when he was just a happy man, you know, when he lived with Ellie. And so I thought that was so neat. And um, gosh, what a tearjerker of a movie in the beginning. Um, but yeah, that's that's my number five. Yeah, Up is such a great movie. Um, I mean, what they did for the first kind of exposition with the relationship between um, the old guy and his wife um, is better than most plots of most movies. In its entirety. Yeah, in their entire two-hour running. Yeah. um, They do so much without even... I don't think they speak at all. Yeah, so like in the beginning when they're kids, of course... She's like in that house or whatever on the top of the thing, and she's like has like what, like a tooth missing and everything. She's just super cute, um, and young Carl is just so innocent and quiet and reserved, and she kind of like almost pulls him out of his shell. She's like this goofy soul that like really just kind of completes him. Mm-hmm. She really is his other half. Um, but yeah, once you know they, you see the progression of their lives as they get older. Um, the music, of course, changes based on the mood. So of course, when she's like in on her deathbed, it's like very somber, quiet music. Um, but yeah, that exposition is just so perfectly done and just minutes, you know, very, very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Like I'd be happy if the movie ended there. Like it was just great. I mean, no audio pretty much. And it's just a beautiful little story. Um, that was actually my number five as well. Okay. But yeah. our, uh, our grandpa looks exactly like, yeah, looked exactly Carl, like yeah. him. Yeah. When it's funny, it's adorable. It's funny that you say that, like you, it could have ended there and you would have been happy because like, uh, you know, we're probably not going to get into it here, but there's those Pixar shorts in the beginning of each Pixar movie. And it's like, I feel like that could have been the Pixar short introducing another movie, you know? Um, So. Yeah. um, Like Lauren said, him, the old guy or the old man looking like our grandpa. um, I didn't know my grandpa had a last name until like, I don't know, like I was 18. Um, I always knew him as grandpa buddy. Mm -hmm. um, And, like the little Boy Scout kid, I was a chubby little child, mm-hmm. and I always looked up to my grandpa, Grandpa Buddy, and so like that relationship really was like resonated with yeah, you. Yeah, it really resonated. It's on my list. It's much further up than number five, but totally understandable. Yeah, yeah. it's such um, a good movie. It really is, and it's funny because like my dad has always enjoyed watching these movies with my sister and I, and he didn't like that movie. Um, you know, Lauren, I think we were having that conversation with him and it's just, it really, it's, it's odd to me because, you know, my dad lost his father when I was very young. I didn't even know him. And I feel like anyone that has, um, either an older father, you know, like, or just a grandfather just really kind of can connect with that movie with Russell and their relationship. Um, it's just really pretty neat, but, uh, yeah, that's my number five. I don't really have anything else to say about it, but, uh, Ryan, go ahead and your number five. Um, so my number five is Finding Nemo. Very nice. Um, I, I haven't seen the second one of Finding Dory. Oh, you haven't? No, I haven't. I started, I think I got five minutes in, and I wasn't in the mood to watch. That that's makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, these type of movies, you have to be in the mood for something more relaxing or, like, that kind of style. Yeah. Um, lately, I've been in the mood for action and, like, more violent stuff. Or Rick and Morty. You're a Rick and Morty for the humor. Um, but, yeah, I will eventually see that and Coco. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Finding Nemo, good story. Um, it's really weird if you look into the, like, the species of their fish, the clownfish. Mm-hmm. It's, it, yeah, just look at how clownfish deal with, like, a singular gender species. Because mm-hmm. they actually, yeah, just Google that if you want that explanation. But um, it, it's lots of humor. It's cool exploring the sea, um, dealing with the sharks, and um, 
yeah, just a good fish are friends, not food. <laughs> yeah. I just love all of those little characters and how much development they have in mm-hmm. such a short amount of time. Like you have, um, what is it, Crush, the little turtle, mm-hmm. and like yeah. they're all just so cute and have their own little spunky the, personalities. Even like on the schoolyard or like down in the sand, like or they the all dentist office with the yeah, ooh, wah, wah, wah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they just touch on so many different things and like you see the e- different. Ooh, wah, ooh, wah, ooh, wah, ooh, whatever the yeah. heck the little chant that they do to go through the bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the bubbles, the bubbles, the bubbles, the bubbles. The crazy little shrimp guy. <laughs> but even like when they're going to school, you can see like the difference in species. Like you have the little, um, like, gosh, was she a squid or an octopus? A little octopus, and she has like, oh gosh, you made me ink. Yeah, 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 so cute. But then you see like their parents and you see some of the differences that they kind of, you know, have a nod to real life and like differences in ethnicities or just different styles. And so, um, it's just an adorable movie. I just love it when they're, they're on the, like the little cliff side and like, oh, I think, I think it's called a butt. Like, wow, that's a pretty big butt. <laughs> and there's like, <laughs> when the Nemo goes out or no, his friend, he's like, Hey guys, I'm going to go touch the butt. And then Nemo, of course, he's being the, adventurous person that he is he goes out and kind of the story kicks off from there um but i think he it was had to touch the butt had to touch the butt um but wow i think it was just so amazing that they were able to cast ellen degeneres as that as dory because mm-hmm. she is literally the, the perfect person for that role i will never be able to see anyone else be voice dory i just think it's so perfect um it's also so funny you know ryan and i we went to the zoo um and i didn't hear it this time but it's so many instances i've gone to zoos or aquariums and every single time you walk by a clownfish or whatever fish Dory is, kids just like say, there's Dory, there's Nemo. And it's just, um, it's just so neat. But yeah, I, it's similar to you with Up, Finding Nemo is actually further up on my list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a wonderful mo- movie. And I guess I'll kind of save my little story for that. So um, okay. Lauren, what's your number five? My, my number five's Up. So we, okay. oh, we yeah, pretty right. much touched okay. on that. Yeah. But yeah. It's just such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the little, like, the birds and how they have all the dogs talking. That part was a little weird, but um, just the fact that it zones in on um, so much adventure and adventures out there, just keeping, like, little scrapbooks of, like, all the little trips you take. And, mm-hmm. you know, life is so much more than just a nine-to-five that you need to get out there and actually experience, explore, um, and that just resonates with me. I just thought it was super cute, just but that first, you know, five minutes um, really pulls everyone in, I think, besides mm-hmm. your dad, which we already gave him a hard time for yeah, that. Yeah, we did. But. We totally, totally did. Um, speaking of my dad, I have a funny story about this next one. So number four for me is A Bug's Life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in traditional Disney fashion, they take this concept, um, you know, my number one, I don't want to get into it, but they, they, they take an area of kids' lives and they really just make them come alive. So there's just bugs. I mean, of course, bugs are alive, but we have talking bugs, um, and I, I don't know, it just like really resonated. I mean, DreamWorks, of course, made ants, like a stupid knockoff that I'm not a big fan of. But I just love A Bug's Life because all the characters are super adorable. Just the concept that, you know, like they're essentially slaves for these grasshoppers and they have to store all of this food for their harvest. And, you know, Hopper, who's voiced by um, House of Cards guy, Kevin Spacey. Um, and, you know, he's like the kind of the ruler of these guys and they're they're coming over and just kind of, essentially traumatizing them and and flick you know he's like this like super thin like no one really gives him the time of day because he's just this goofy kid he says like i'm gonna essentially go find an army so that we can fight the 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 grasshoppers before they come back because there's essentially like of course a drought so they can't find the necessary food for them and also supply for their for their own families 
And so he goes, of course, and he finds this crazy um, circus of weirdo different insects and bugs. And I love the fat little caterpillar that just like wants to become a butterfly. And um, the weirdo ladybug that I still to this day don't know if it was a female or male because he sounds like a a male. It's, it's a male. definitely a male. Yeah, but he it, makes so many jokes about like, oh, you're a ladybug, and like, let's flirt, and he's just like, dude, yeah, I'm a guy. But he like, I think, puts on a show of being a girl because he has like fake eyelashes for the performance, like yeah. the traveling, um, little. Yeah, because then he, he gets mad at like the pill bugs. Yeah, exactly. Because they're like, because he's like a super low voice. Because they're like taunting like the little, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's like a stick bug. I mean, they really pl- cater to like all the spider lady. They really cater to like all these different kinds of bugs and everyone kind of gets their, their own like little character. Um, and how everything wraps up at the end is, is, is really great. I love, um, oh, I forget her name. She's the little tiny aunt of princess, um, the princess. Oh, yeah. Um, but she was actually voiced by Hayden Panettiere, um, when she was very, very young. So this is wow. like, um, heroes. She was in. Um, what has Hayden Panettiere been? She was in that new Nashville show. Hayden, she was in, um, Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. She was the, the young oh, daughter. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like probably one of her first roles is, was, was playing that. Um, I think Hayden Panettiere might've even voiced someone in. She's done a lot of voice Kingdom work. Hearts. Yeah. She might she even was, be Kyrie. She's Kyrie. Yeah. I was about to say, I think she is Kyrie. Um, but so what I wanted to talk about. Kyrie. Um, oh, her, her nobody. Yeah. Uh, nominee. Um, but anyways, so my dad, you know, I had these giant figurines of Hopper and Flick, and they were motion sense motion sensors. So like, if you walked by them, you, they'd go crazy and make noise. And you could set specifically configure this toy to like go off at certain times, or only go off like again if you walked in front of it. So my dad, being the crazy person that he was, we kept our doors closed in our house. So like. First thing I do when I get home, of course, was like say hello to my parents, and then I'd run up in my room and throw my backpack on my bed and homework, whatever. And so I'd walk in my room and open up the door, and Hopper would be like sitting on my bed, staring at me, motion sensor, and he'd just like burst out. He'd be hands rolling up and all over. So it'd freak me the heck out because my dad would do it. So it became like a staple in my household, like always trying to get the other person of like strategically setting up Hopper around the house. So when someone would like go to the bathroom or something like that late at night, like he would just like freaking scream at you um that's hilarious yeah so this is something my dad and i did um back in the day but um another quick thing i want to talk about is just the pixar short in front of uh that started before bug's life um it was the two old men playing chess yeah i had that on my list yeah because it's the cutest thing it's the only pixar short i had on my list yeah i'm really um, not the biggest fan of them um what's it called jerry's game okay yeah it's the cutest thing it really really is yeah these two like lanky old men just playing chess and it's actually like the same person right like it's they look the same they're identical i think um because they like you just have to watch it you can watch it on youtube i'm sure but it's it's just a really funny kind of unique little little story and uh, it's definitely my favorite pixar short so that's really all i have to say about pug's life but but yeah so ryan what's your number four so my number four is toy story three okay um yeah, I, I'm sure you're guessing that would be up the list a little bit. Um, but yes. There are a few other ones that are, I really like. That's fine. Um, Toy Story 1 and 2 are good. The original, obviously, is amazing. Um, and then the second one was, I think they introduced the cowgirl. In yeah, that, that's when Jesse came in. There was the uh, prospector, um, Big yeah. Al's toy barn. He, like, stole Woody and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, and then what made Toy Story 3, I mean, it was darker than I thought it would be. Yeah. 
Um, I was really surprised by that, like, bear thing that, like, ran a very hostile Yeah, the pink bear thing, yeah. Um, But it was the wrap-up and the nostalgia and, um, what was it, when he played with the toys in the yard with the kid at the end? One last time before he went out to college, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I got, like, teary-eyed watching him play with the toys one last time. Well, what's so cool that Pixar did, and, you know, Cars 1, 2, and 3 came out all in, like, a span of, like, six or eight years or whatever. Um, but what was really cool about Toy Story is that as Andy grew up, we were growing up. That generation. And when Andy went to college, that's when we went to college. So it was really kind of special for us kind of, um, kind of honing into that emotional side of us. It's like Pixar knows that like a generation of kids grew up watching Toy Story and then to kind of like have that send off, which I'm kind of bummed that they're doing a fourth one because I feel like one trilogies are special and, it didn't make sense to do a fourth Shrek. It doesn't make sense to do a fourth Toy Story because... Is Andy, there a fourth Shrek? Yeah, it's like Shrek Forever After. Oh, I didn't I mean, know there was a third or a second. Yeah. But with Toy Story 3, I think they like perfectly wrapped it up in the three. Mm-hmm. So why would you want to potentially and probably ruin that with Money, four? money. That is, yeah, but no. it's just... I mean, on, they pumped out things. good movies, yeah. though. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm 100% going to go see it probably the opening weekend, but um, it's still kind of a bummer to me because I felt like they tied a knot on a bow that didn't need to be untied and, and restrung or whatever. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I was going to say something. I can't remember what it was, though. So, um, yeah, you can probably just... Toy Story 3 is so number four. Yeah. So, Lauren, what's your number four? Uh, my number four was Finding Nemo. So Okay. Yeah, so you guys already pretty much touched on it, but... I thought Finding Dory was, typically I don't like sequels um, unless they're in really good trilogies and wrapped up pretty nicely, but I loved Finding Dory. Mm -hmm. I did too. Which one do you like better? Gosh, it's been a while since I've seen both, but yeah, I don't know. I like like Nemo more. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. By large margin or? Um, Again, it's kind of like a a Lion King thing. It's just more of like a nostalgia. Okay. Okay. because that's when you are introduced to all the characters and you go back and like Finding Dory has a nod to a lot in Finding Nemo. Yeah, um, it really does. But you you have so many cute characters in Finding Nemo that you just don't get the variety. I think that nothing you do. compares though to Finding Dory as a baby. Oh my gosh, those eyes! Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ryan, I don't. Are you? I mean, I'm sure if you saw the first five minutes, you saw it. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was an adorable. Yeah, just her giant, little giant thing. little eyes. I think I've only um, seen it once, but yeah, I loved the movie. So that it didn't make my top five, but mm-hmm. it's definitely an honorable mention. Yeah. So I did remember what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Good choice for number four um, for Toy Story three. So someone did something on YouTube, and I didn't even know about this until Pete talked about it in one of his streams. Um, he cut the end of the movie out. So like when the, the the toys are about to like burn in the fire, he cut it as like they went in the fire and then the credits rolled. So he like cut the back half of the movie and his, he, sh- he watched it with his mom and his mom was like watching it and was just like dumbfounded. Like what just happened? Like the kids, the, the, the toys just burned alive and died, you know? Yeah. Um, so definitely look up, look that up on YouTube. It's pretty crazy. It was it like her reaction. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I um, will make note of that. For but sure. um, so yeah, that's kind of funny. But getting along to number three for me um, is Monsters Inc. So this is one that also just with Boo being just so stinking adorable. She's probably one of the cutest animated characters in all of Disney and Pixar films. 
Um, and just the, the kind of the dynamic duo that Sully and Mike were um, kind of working for this unique little Monsters Incorporated business where, um, you know, Mike's kind of his little companion where he's, you know, pulling out the little um, the, the battery packs and such a unique concept that, you know, of course, as kids growing up, you're always scared that something's under your bed or there's something in your there's a monster in your closet. And so they kind of play into that, that, that fear of, of children and there's a, an entire business where these they go into these kids' doors, and it's like a real life thing where they they go in there and they scare them, and based on the screen meter, they make you know they get the most points. Um, but eventually, you know, Boo ends up coming out with Soli, and it's just a whole slew of crazy events you know plays out. Um, but yeah, such a special movie, um, something I really hold dear to my heart with uh, just the characters there and. Um, yeah, just the interactions between Mike and Boo and even Sully, and it was just heart-wrenching at the end when, you know, they put Boo in her, her room, and she's just, like, um, just, like, staring at, you know, at Sully. They're just, like, they have this moment, and, um, you know, he says, like, bye, Boo, and he closes the door, and she, like, freaks out, and she, like, jumps off the bed, and she goes and opens the door, and it's just her closet, and she's just, like, kitty, you know, like, she's, like, so upset, yeah. and it's just, oh, man, I, I get tears thinking about it, Um but I think towards like the very very end of the scene, I think they refined her door. He um he puts up the shattered pieces of the door together as a present, um and then you just I think you hear her voice. She says, "I think Kitty." I think so. And then like the credits roll. Well, because Sully had kept the last little section of her door. Yeah. Like once he became a manager and everything, he still had it, and uh, Mike had reconstructed it over like a couple years, and so he puts the final piece in. And yeah, she says like kitty, and yeah. it's just like you want to cry at the end of it because of <laughs> what they went through. And like, I just love the scene when Sully thinks that Boo like basically oh. got smushed. Like, yeah, and you see her little like the one eye, yeah, and this little like garbage pile, and his face is just distorted. Like, oh my gosh, Boo is gone, and he's just like freaking out because he's like going through the shredders and choppers and is being pounded, <laughs> and he's like freaking out. His and face then, is just making all these like crazy like oh yeah, yeah. and he's just like grabbing his just face, like, like what oh, a parent would no. do like, yeah. It, yeah it's just terrible but like just the little like comic relief that they have and like it's just so cute like I love the serious. yeah it is a pretty mm -hmm. serious movie but I love even just like um, the squad that comes in if they ever see like a sock on that one guy and he's been through so much there's like a cone around <laughs> they've, his like, head they've like skinned him they've yeah, like <laughs> like this guy is like go red just, go red <laughs> and like, yeah I love out. it you have like a squat team like yeah. Yeah, no, it's super, super good, and I cannot wait to play. I'm so glad Kingdom Hearts is bringing in Pixar Worlds, and that's one that's going to be super special to me, uh, playing through that world. What's really, um, not unfortunate, I guess it was, it was okay, it was Monsters University. I saw it once in theaters, and I thought it was okay. Um, but, you know, I, the bias in me wants to see Boo again, and not to be able to see her was frustrating. Well, what's really nice about Monsters, Inc. is the same with Toy Story of, like, they released that as all of us were going out, off to college because yeah. I think it was like my freshman year of college that that movie got released. And so I was like, you guys, mm -hmm. you timed this so perfectly. If you knew that this generation graduated and not only did you just have like another third movie or anything, like you had Monsters University. Yeah. Like kudos to you because that's pretty clever to wait that long and get probably a lot of um, pushback for like, oh, we want to see another movie. But they're like, we have a plan, and they executed it, I think, pretty well. I wasn't a huge fan of the movie itself. Yeah, um, it was okay. But, I, mean, I mean, I'll see it once, but it's not one that'll be, like, dying to see a second time. Yeah. But I thought the concept behind it was pretty cool. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, especially just kind of see the origins of their relationship. It kind of made sense for them to, to kind of tell that story. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with that. 
Um, assessment number three, Ryan, what about you? Uh, mine is Monsters, Inc. as well. Okay, so, cool. We're yeah. kind of good there. Yeah. Um, Lauren, what's your number three? Mine is Inside Out. Okay. So I loved this movie. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, mm-hmm. it's like you're inside the brain of this 11-year-old girl named Riley. And it's all these different emotions. And so you go through, like, you have anger and sadness and joy. Joy is the main character who's, like, trying to put all the pieces back together. But there's one scene in particular that you have, like, Joy is off on some mission. And so you have, like, I think fear. No, you have anger. And you have, like, forget the other girl's name. It's, like, she's basically just sassy, though. Um, And you have... The actual 11-year-old girl sitting at the dinner table with her mom and dad. And so the emotions in Riley's head are like freaking out. Like, how do we handle the situation? Because Joy is not here and like we can't show that emotion. And so she's like, the little girl is super sassy to her mom. And then you see all the little emotions inside the mom's head of like, what was that? What was that look? Does she have a tone with me? And yeah. then so like the mom tries to signal the dad. So you go into the dad's head and it's like, they just have like a football game up and they're like, wait, wait, did my wife just look at me? So they like pause the game. They're like, what does she want? Did we leave the toilet seat up? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And so they're like going back and forth and like (laughs) you see how everyone's processing things and the different emotions that they have. I just thought it was a really clever movie that again, it's unique. It's a original thought, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, like I was saying earlier, it's like Pixar, they, they take these kind of inanimate things or whether it's toys or bugs that are inanimate, but like, um, they take things that you wouldn't necessarily think like, let's make a movie where we title um, Toy Story, where it's about toys or Inside Out, where you like literally flip everything upside down and you're in people's minds and you see how all these different emotions interact. Mm-hmm. It's just really pretty wild. Um, it's actually not on my list. It's an honorable mention. Um, but when I watched it, I was like, this is really special, especially when they're like playing into like almost depression with Riley because, you know, she moved away from her hometown and she wasn't used to this place because she had this old hockey team yeah. that she really kind of connected with, had all these really good friends and memories with. And so she kind of had to start fresh, you know, wherever they moved to. And um, you want to talk about gut-wrenching moments was when her little imaginary friend, who was like a little pink elephant named Bing Bong. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're like in this garbage dump and they have to get up um, like on this like ledge with with joy. And so they're doing it over and over again. They're singing this like little magical song and that, you know, Riley and Bing Bong sang when they were, you know, growing up. And in order for her to kind of be able to get the push to get onto the ledge, Bing Bong has to essentially hop off. And then he's like still singing the song and he like slowly fades and disappears. And it's like he essentially dies. And it's just like it was just like, what? Did they really just do that? Like it was really tough to watch. Um, But yeah, no, it's a good movie. It really is. And um, yeah, it didn't make my list, but it's certainly close, close. Maybe it's number six or something. But yeah. So, um, okay, so that's your number three. My number two is Finding Nemo. Um, Don't really have much else to say. Only thing I will say is that when I saw it for the first time, I don't know if I just wasn't in tune with advertisements and commercials, but I don't remember it being, like, marketed much, like when I was watching TV or whatever. So I went over to Scott's house, my my really good childhood friend, where he basically showed me the ropes of N64. I remember going over there. He showed me Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for the first time. That friend's. Um, his brother was just printing off tickets to go see Finding Nemo. And he's like, Rusty, you want to go with us? And I was like, yeah, sure. Man, I just remember sitting down in the theater and watching the opening scene when Marlon loses his wife and all of their baby eggs essentially get eaten by this crazy, you know, barracuda. Mm -hmm. 
and he has this one last egg, and he's just like, I'm going to take care of you. He's, like, petting it. It's, like, cracked a little bit, which is why he had his, like, lucky fin. And, um, like, I was, like, almost starting to tear up, like, my 10-year-old self. I look over at my friend Scott, and he's just, like, stone-cold face, nothing. I'm just thinking, like, whoa, whoa, like, pause, the, pump the brakes here. Um, sadness obviously wasn't in that day. No, yeah, sadness was, like, <laughs> sadness was, like, watching a football game, yeah. playing N64 in his mind or something. Um, but yeah, it's certainly also a very special movie <laughs> and, uh, Ryan, you definitely have to see Finding Dory, but, um, yeah. yeah, no, I don't really have much else to say about Finding Nemo. It's just a really great movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, Ryan, what's your number two? So my number two is The Incredibles. Okay. That's a good one. Um, I mean, I couldn't list Marvel and things for Disney, but like, I really like the take on the family dynamic and having superhero families and they're trying to be normal. And then I think the, I forget the villain's name, but... Um, he's such an interesting character mm-hmm. um, and such a good villain. Um, he, like, going up to Mr. Incredible when he was a kid and saying, like, hey, I'm, I'm like, a big fan kind of thing, more or less getting pushed aside, and then seeing how he took that. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to become a villain. Yeah. it's it, Yeah, it was really cool how things kind of came full circle there. Yeah, it, it's a good movie. I haven't seen the second one yet. It's on my either. list of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard really good things, yeah. though. And just Jack Jack in general. Like, I'm so glad that they made a movie that, like, kind of focuses like on him. One, yeah. But that's actually my number two as well. Oh, nice. But there's so much sass, too. Even like, where's my super yeah, suit? Yeah, that's, I have that quote <laughs> down. I love it. And just, yeah, it's, I think, just such a unique take on superheroes of, you know, mm-hmm. there's more than just when we're out there fighting crime. It's, there's a family dynamic. We all have different, um, I think everyone in that movie, too, kind of comes into their own. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, gosh, what is her name? Um, Violet. Violet, yeah. She, like, starts out all sassy and, like, you know, a teenage girl, the typical teenage girl. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, she, like, actually appreciates her family and, like, they've gone through everything together. And I just think everyone kind of has their moment. Mm-hmm. And Jack Jack's going to have his moment in the second one. I haven't seen it either, but, I've yeah, like you, I've heard great things. Yeah. yeah. I love it. It's actually, it was really hard to not have it on the list. It was very close to being there. It's an honorable mention for me. Um, absolutely love it. I am was so frustrated. It took them as long as it did to, to have a sequel. I never actually thought it was going to happen. So I was very, very happy that it did. Um, Incredibles game, actually, in the PS2 was super fun. It was kind of like a 3D beat-em-up, similar to like um, like your Streets of Rage, um, Simpsons Arcade, but just 3D, um, kind of playing through the the events of the movie. Um but uh, but yeah, no, I have nothing bad to say about that movie. I think it's phenomenal. It's it's actually one of the longer Pixar movies too. It's like about two hours long, and um, and you have that little like short seamstress Edna who's just yeah. hilarious, and she gives it back to like Elastigirl. Well, it was like, funny too it. because like earlier on in the movie when they kind of like call him back into the game, mm-hmm. his wife like thought she he was like cheating on her or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but yeah, so that's that's funny. Um, yeah, it was, it's a good movie. I love it. Um, just just barely missed my list. Uh, my number one really should be coming as no surprise. Um, I've just adored this movie ever since I was a kid, especially someone that really, really um, enjoyed and spent the bulk of my childhood playing with um, action figures and kind of like creating these unique scenarios um, is Toy Story 1 is my favorite um, Pixar movie. And so I remember growing up, you know, I, I had um, these Fisher-Price castles and like a Fisher-Price pirate ship. And so I was, I'd kind of create these these unique scenarios with with my my guys. That's what I always t- you know my after dinner I'd be like, hey mom, I'm just gonna play with my guys, which were essentially my action figures. And um, so often I'd like kind of like close my door because I kind of wanted to be in private doing this. And um, my dad and my sister would just 
spend 30 minutes just like peeking on, through the door watching me because I'd talk. I mean, I, I'd, you know, make voices and I'd be vocal with like, oh, you, this guy's doing this, this guy's doing that. Um, and it's such a shame because I feel like that catered to a generation where it's like we had such unique anima- or imaginations. We'd yeah. play with action figures, create these scenarios. We'd play house and ghost in the graveyard and all these different things. And now whenever I yeah. go to... Um, uh, you know, um, a restaurant, all I see is I don't see someone with a Woody doll anymore, or a Batman figurine. I see someone with their mom's iPad and it just crushes me because it's like, we're, we're essentially like feeding them technology when we should be, um, fostering their imaginations with action figures and things that we grew up on Legos, like things like that. And so I feel like Toy Story so perfectly captured that mindset of, of my young self. And I'm sure so many others. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's why Toy Story is my number one. I think everything about that movie is great. And, of course, casting with um, Tim Tim uh, Tim Allen as as, Butt, or as um, Buzz Lightyear and, of course, Tom Hanks as Toy, uh, Woody and lots of other great voice actors as well. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's just a great movie. I love it, and uh, there's not much else I can say about it. Which one's your favorite character? Uh, my favorite character? Gosh, um... I love Slink. I, I think he's always like been Woody's kind of right-hand man. Um, I did have a Woody doll, though, growing up that I could actually pull the string in the back of his his back, and he, he like, something about a water hole, you know, like... Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, I don't know, Slink. I like Rex a lot, um, the dinosaur. Um, yeah, I don't know. I should have probably had that on my list instead of Up, but it's, like, didn't make my top five. It's... An amazing movie. I love it. It's a staple for sure. And I Randy think- Newman. I mean, he like started a generation of great um, animated, like, I guess, doing the score for a soundtrack. Of course, Elton yeah. John with The Lion King. But Randy Newman, man, he, he just like, so, like, you've got a friend in me, man. Yeah. It was, it's yeah, amazing. So memorable. But, um, yeah. but yeah, no, that's my number one. I don't really have much else to say. Um, play Toy Story in the Genesis. It's a fun little 2D platformer. Um, I actually have Toy Story 2 on the Game Boy Color. That's another fun game. Um, I just love those um, video game adaptations of some of these Disney and Pixar movies. Um, really, really fun little platformers that, especially listening to like the 16 and 8-bit music from the movies, it's, it's just, you can't beat it. So that's my number one. What's your number one, Ryan? Um, so we already covered my number one. It's up. Okay, yeah. Um, so we, we've said a lot about that already, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's just a great movie. Yeah, no, it's yeah really special. Um, and yours was also up or no, it was my number five. Okay. We, um, we covered mine. It's Monsters Inc. Oh, oh really? So, that, no, that high. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Just boo in general. <laughs> I had a boo doll yeah, growing did. up, very similar to you with a uh, little Woody doll. It made noise and you like press her stomach. She has like the little... Um, monster doll too, but you press her stomach and she would go through like three different things. One of them was like, Mike Wazowski. Yeah. And it was so cute. The other one was her little songs like, baby, come along or like whatever yeah. she sang. And you kind of look like Boo as a kid. Oh, yeah, you totally I, did. I definitely look like Boo. And I had like a little nightgown of Boo like that I'd run around with like in when I was little and like just fell in love with the movie again. It just the fact that laughter is more powerful than screams and like it brings me back to a time when <laughs> Movies and TV shows really taught a lesson, and I mm-hmm. think that's one that, like, we don't have to, you know, be enemies. We can work together on this, and, like, there's so much more, like, it's more fruitful to have joy rather than, like, it's the easy way to just bring out terror, and I think mm-hmm. it's just so nice and refreshing, but it's 
another one. I go for the unique movies that it's such a neat concept, just like Toy Story. And I think Pixar does a great job of pulling out the the really unique um, original concepts. And this yeah. one really hit home for me. No, I, I, I agree completely. Um, I would really encourage you guys to look on YouTube for kind of like the capturing of the, the actress who played Boo's audio, because of course, getting a toddler to record dialogue for movies is not, one, it's not easy to get them to sit still, let alone record actual lines when they probably can't read very well to begin with. And so a lot of this stuff is just them filming her or recording her just battling, like not even like, like when she was probably in the bathroom, just like that, you know, like singing little songs or whatever. Um, like a lot of that's probably just kind of like ad libbed and just her making noises. Um, and then of course, because she doesn't have very many lines, it's Kitty, Mike Lozowski. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely look up a YouTube video of that it's actually pretty cool. Um, how they actually were able to do that. But they probably had to do that because she has such a young voice. Yeah. Like they couldn't have someone just fake it. I mm-hmm. mean, Mike Wazowski. Of- <laughs> You're like, oh no. Yeah. But like most, wow. of, most of her is just hey, like, Mike. she was just like singing and babbling and like even in the restaurant or at. Like when they were in their apartment and she was laughing and just giggling and the lights went crazy and then mm-hmm. there was like a power outage. Um, that was probably just her like do 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 like yeah. just making her own little noises, doing her little songs and And I think that's maybe why I didn't like Wreck It Ralph as much as I, I could have was because, you know, a forty odd year old woman was woman was playing um, this, you know, little five-year-old girl. Yeah. Um, if, would If you didn't know the actress herself, would that have made it better? No, I knew exactly. I mean, I hear her speak, and I know exactly that No, that's... I said if you didn't know the actress who played her as Sarah Silverman, they had a different voice actress that you didn't know, would um, that have made that movie better? Yeah, probably, because Sarah Silverman just has a very distinct voice. Yeah, so um, it, it would have potentially been better if you didn't know the actress. 100%, because... So I played The Walking Dead, the telltale... Um, kind of visual novel game mm-hmm. and or point and click adventure and the, the voice actor for Clementine the young girl in the game I mean the young girl is probably like 10 years old and she sounds like a 10 year old girl and it's actually probably like a 30 year old woman so mm-hmm. yeah I'd be totally fine with that it's just her voice I felt like was not fitting for that character okay and so that's that's kind of why I have that kind of little gripe but um so that's I think that's everything. That's that's our all of our top fives, right? Yeah, yeah. we had a lot of the same movies, just different orders. But yeah, I, I mean, s- the only honorable mention that wasn't taken by you guys because I had Inside Out and The Incredibles mm-hmm. um, was Brave. That was the yeah. only other honorable mention I had because I love, um, of course, Ireland, but Scotland especially too. Just the accents and and her hair. Like another thing you sh- you should look up is just the process that Pixar animators went through to to appropriately capture and animate her hair. Like, it's ridiculous what they went through. Because if you look, I mean, it's it's really unreal on screen to see how her hair flows through the wind and the intricate details of each strand. It's it's wild. Um, but just the unique little story there and just, like, kind of like the plot twist of how... Um, oh, I haven't seen this one. Okay, yeah, you did, oh, dude, you got to watch it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's really good. It's one of probably the, like, most underrated... That's movies. what I because I wasn't it the marketing thing that wasn't super good well, didn't or didn't it come out right around Frozen so Frozen got a ton of hype and then I don't know I think it was certainly well before Frozen um, but I think to your guys's point yeah it probably wasn't marketed as well as it could have been I, I saw it like I I had no desire to see it and then I finally saw it and I was like this is amazing yeah because like, I didn't see it in theaters it's adorable I saw it years later yeah um, that was one of my honorable mentions yeah it's really good you should yeah. you should watch it um, yeah that's really it I think for me. 
Yeah, I didn't have any honorable mentions. Um, I mean, there was a. I think Pixar has like thirty or so movies. Yeah. But yeah. Pixar we kinda, in general has amazing movies. Yeah. I would take them over Disney. So one movie I kind of want to quickly talk about that I just don't get. Okay. Um, I guess Ratatouille would be another honorable mention. Yeah, That's that pretty was good. My last one. Um, and Toy Story, but yeah, those three. Wall-E, I just don't get. Like I just, yeah. I've never watched it all the way through. I watched like thirty minutes of it, and I quite literally fell asleep. Um, I think we did that together because I've only seen like the first twenty five minutes or so, and I just lost interest. Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, so maybe if someone out there is like a, a huge Wall-E fan, it's like your number one Pixar movie because I know there the, those people are out there. Um, right in if it's worth watching. I just I have never had the desire to kind of go through it again after just kind of being put off the first time I watched it. Um, so we had kind of had a few other topics. We're kind of running pretty long here for the episode. Um, did you guys want to hit those? Or are you guys good? We can hit them lightly. Yeah. So the first thing, I think, based on our list, you can kind of get an idea of, of where we're all at with um, whether or not we like old hand-drawn animation, kind of like the Bambi, um, Snow White style, uh, versus kind of like the CGI animation of Frozen and Tangled. Um, so I, I guess, you know, I'll kick it off to you, Ryan. Like, which do you prefer? What do you like more and why? I guess. Um, I think for all of the Disney princess movies, hand drawn is what it has to be. Mm-hmm. It's that classic. It's um, when they originally came out, kind of that time period, and the crazy process of compiling like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. If you ever have the time, look into how they actually produce those films. Yeah. Um, it's it's nuts, and I think. For those movies, it's great. Um, my, most of my top five that I listed were the kind of the newer CGI style. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, I, I think moving now with the technology that we have, it's great to see the 3D animated and all that. Yeah. But just for the classic sake, I really appreciate the hand-drawn. I Yeah, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Um, I prefer the hand-drawn but it's just it's it's kind of a dying breed at this point. Like we're not going to see continue to see hand drawn um, Disney. It's just not going to happen. It's going to be your tangled. Yeah, even even the li- like even yeah. moving from CG to live action. Yeah, I just I don't. It's it's sad because you know I, I want to see another story like Beauty and the Beast, um, kind of hand drawn like that. But um, I think it's also special that we still at least have those that we can kind of hold on to and kind of go back to. Um, but yeah, so I for me, my personal preference is certainly the hand-drawn, but what would you have to say? Yeah, so I would be really disappointed if they tried to remake something like um, Sleeping Beauty, or yeah. Beauty and the Beast, or not Beauty and the Beast, um, Snow White, because those, I cherish the hand-drawn. Uh, it definitely is a lost art. Our grandpa, the one that looked like the guy from Up, mm-hmm. he, um, in his spare time, he was a cartoon artist, and I remember spending hours with him. Um, we both did just drawing cartoons, and his were amazing, ours were scribbles, but he loved them, and um, it's just, it's sad that it's a lost art, and it's dying off a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, the process is amazing. I definitely agree that I I like where they're going, um, but there's something so, um, I don't know, I just, I love how it used to be, and just the art that came with that. Now it's just all computer animated, but we can... Move into some of the live action, too. Well, I think it cements it. Like, it makes those as the classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's such a giant difference, or, like, when you put them side by side, the hand-drawn versus the CGI. And that clear line in the sand really says the old classic movies. And generally what people think of when they think of Disney is not so much what I chose with, like, Wreck-It, Ralph, and Tangled. They think of 
the original hand-drawn what Walt Disney originally compiled mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd perfectly liken it to to video games. You know, they're, they're classics for a reason. Mario Brothers certainly doesn't look as good as Super Mario Odyssey, um, but but there's you know, something, um, I don't even know, just, you know, nostalgic about the, the original games, and um, there's always going to be something special about those games because we grew up with them, and they kicked off um, a generation of, of, of new media, of interactive entertainment, and um, yeah, I, I think you know, like old school hand drawn animated uh, Disney movies. I think there's something special about the the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo sixteen gra- bit graphics versus the Uncharted's and Breath of the Wilds of today. You or know, like blue version versus where they're going with X and Y. Yeah, um, it's blue and red version are always going to be this iconic, nostalgic style. And yeah, moving in towards. I mean, everything evolves over time, mm-hmm. and it's naturally where it progresses. Yeah, but it's you can't get over the character that those styles had, mm-hmm. and the hand drawn is always going to have that certain character to it. Yeah, no, I agree. So, what are your guys' thoughts on kind of like the live action adaptations? Ryan, you kind of hinted at it. Um, you know, I guess for me, you know, I, I think they're all right. There's some really special ones out there, and then there's others that I don't really care for. Um, Maleficent being one, I thought she was perfectly cast in that role. Uh, that being Angelina Jolie, I thought she perfectly portrayed Maleficent. But I also felt like the movie was kind of dull and just not very interesting. Um, I thought it was cool how they kind of went into her backstory as a character and as a person. Um, but I wasn't overly, you know, I didn't find it overly appealing. The Jungle Book, I felt, is fantastic. I thought um, y- you really take a lot of risks when you're going to, CGI animals, but then also have actual voices. Um, but I think they still did it very, very well, um, which kind of makes me super excited for The Lion King. Um, you know, that being, you know, Lauren and I's favorite Disney movie. Um, James Earl Jones reprising his role as Mufasa, of course, and really just a stellar uh, cast of, of people that are going to be kind of playing each of the characters. Um, it'll be tough hearing Timon not being voiced by Nathan Lane, but uh, I'll get over it. Um, so, I don't know, what about you guys? How do you feel about those movies? Um, I really liked Maleficent. Anytime that you can give more depth to a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of... And Maleficent in I th- whatever that movie... What movie was she Sleeping in? Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't really get much but besides she was evil and could turn into a dragon. Yeah. Um, and even in Kingdom Hearts, that's more or less the gist. She's yeah. evil. But, like, understanding that these characters are not so much just a like a 2D thing. They have depth and reasons and motivations and understanding why they're jerks, mm-hmm. I, I think is really cool. And if they could do that for all the villains, yeah, I'd be completely fine with it. Like if, I mean, it's cool seeing princess movies. Sure. But if we investigate why the villains are doing what they're doing in Jafar they... thug on the streets. <laughs> it's just a backstory about Jafar. Or like, yeah, I mean, he was wronged in such a way that this, that's his coping mechanism yeah. is to gain power, to have control. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went about it and is still a jerk at the end of the day, but like it would give so much more meaning to the defeat of him mm-hmm. from Aladdin, like that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's understanding the characters in a different way. Um, I think there was one like the Huntsman or whatever that had Snow White. Yeah, it was the Snow White and the Huntsman. And what's yeah. her face? Um, uh, Twilight Girl. Yeah, and then um, Chris Hemsworth. That's right. He wasn't. Was it? Was it Chris or was it his brother? Chris. Was it Chris? Yeah. 
Um, That's right. He was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I like him. Um, Jungle Book was good. Um, I think they're coming out with like a new Mowgli movie. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know why we need to do another one. It looked interesting. It looked pretty good. I forget the director. I want to say Tim Burton, but maybe not. Like, Wasn't you keep... he the one who did the um, Tim Halloween does... Town stuff? Yeah. He, Tim Burton does the Charlie and Chocolate Factory, the new one. That's Tim Burton. Uh, Beetlejuice, Tim Burton. Okay. Uh, yeah. Coraline, like all, all like really obscure, weird things. Tim Burton is. Um, I'm gonna look at Mowgli. I want to see um, who's directing that because I forget. Um, but Beauty and the Beast, I really liked. Um, I didn't really have Andy Circus. Holy crap! Okay, I'm interested. Really, Andy Circus in anything is great. Yeah, he's of course uh, Snoke and Gollum. Eagle Gollum. He is. He was in um, King Kong. Yeah, he was. He did the actual like motion capture for the, the and monkey. And then he was also in all of the uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, as uh, Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. yeah, which was those were all really good. Um, but Beauty and the Beast, another good movie. Mm-hmm. I thought well yeah. cast. Yeah. Um, that yeah, they did a great job with that one. Yeah. Any any what do you think over there, Gizmo? <laughs> yeah, you guys are pretty much echoing all my thoughts. Um, Maleficent. I love the movie. Um, I just. Like you said, Ryan, love villain movies. I would love to see them do that with a lot more. Even like Cruella DeVille, like Oh my god. What is her backstory? Like I would love to know. <laughs> what kind of abuse I'm just, took place? I know. <laughs> I'm just curious about all of that. I think yeah. it's fascinating to figure out what went into the making of a villain. Um but yeah, Jungle Book I loved. I, I like that they've been going a little bit darker with some of these movies. So like mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, they go into like Belle's mom's backstory, which is really sad and then they go into like the jungle book you actually have like a couple gruesome scenes like you don't see anything but you understand that a few of the characters get killed um and then i'm interested to see the lion king that's just such a fragile movie that has such a big following so they really need to knock it out of the park but they have such a great cast they understand that they can't mess that one up Mm -hmm. but i think my only gripe with beauty and the beast is that they got a little too political in a couple areas, they tried so hard to be politically correct and incorporate everything that I thought it somewhat took away from um, some of the storyline. I think they spent too much time on a few things, but yeah, it's overall, is what it is. Yeah, overall, uh, I loved it. Um, like I mean, Sir Ian e. McKellen and um, Ewan McGregor as the Clogsworth in Lumiere. Yeah, yeah like, I was so yeah. excited. To, that yeah. Their banter back and forth was so amazing. So amazing. Yeah. And I just love everything about Emma Watson. So her being Belle is perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see Christopher Robin and then Dumbo. Oh my gosh! I'm I'm not sold yet on Christopher. Robin. Oh, I darn near cried when I, I saw the trailer. I don't think he's as cute as he could be. Oh, I think he is. Oh, he's adorable. I, Ewan McGregor as as Robin or as Christopher Robin? Yeah, I think that p- part will be great. I'm just I'm interested to see what they do. But I'm so sold. I'll be there day one for that. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll definitely see it like day one and Dumbo because I grew up with Dumbo. Oh yeah, that, that'll be good. I did not like Dumbo. It terrified me. See, mom made there a was little a really Dumbo particularly cake weird and I loved scene it. In that so, movie. No, that, that cake it was, was a, great. It was adorable. Um, um, it'll be really interesting. Um, it's very hit or miss, but so far I think they've done a great job. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if you guys don't have anything else to say, I think we can wrap up the episode. Yeah, yeah. sounds good. Awesome. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Alec, for writing into the show, making it better with good questions. You can write into the show to make, you know, anything you want to ask, whether it's video game related, movie related. Um, related. Yeah. Questions for us personally, whatever. Um, 
we'll answer them. And as long as it makes the show better, uh, we're all for it. So you can write in the show at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, RELewis2011. And uh, that's kind of where I post like anything related to the show, news, or not news, um, show topics and stuff like that. If we're going to have a guest on, um, kind of reminding you about writing into the show, all that fun stuff. So um, follow me on there. And uh, that's really all I have uh, for this week. So yeah, not- thanks, Lauren, for joining us. Yeah, I just want to say thanks for having me on. Oh, for yeah, yeah. Episode. Yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate uh-huh. it. Yeah. Um, no, it's been it's it's been fun. You're not welcome back, but it's cool. <laughs> no, I, I got that. No, that's we wanted to, we were thinking about having you up on for the uh, episode five. We were going to do like the Disney stuff yeah. then, but then we thought it would be really neat to kind of have you on as like episode ten. You know, celebrating ten episodes of the show, and then kind of like essentially doing a top ten for Disney Pixar five and five. Um, so yeah, it's good having you on. Thank you. Appreciate always game to talk about Disney and Pixar. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we will catch you episode eleven next week. Thank you again for listening. See ya. See ya. Bye.